This is Greg Smallwood, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Welcome, one and all loonies, from across the multiverse. This is the latest 113th episode of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A podcast where four fearless defenders from across time come together to talk some shit about Moon Knight. From the boring 21st century, I am your host, Connor Stevens, and join with me is the Fab Three, other high priest, here all the time. From the year 500 BC, it's Reynaldo. How's it going on? Hey, how you going, Connor? Very happy to be here. Very excited. We have a brand new Moon Knight issue to review, so getting getting pumped for that, and we've got a, a lot more in store for this uh, for this show. It's it's a good time to be a Moon Knight fan. So we are brought along, like I said, two other people uh, from the 24th century. It's the man who invented bread again. It's Chad. <laughs> Chad. How's it going, Chad? It's a good invention. It's a great invention. <laughs> he threw a crescent down and he just made bread again. Who who would have known? Oh, man. Fantastic. And from the void, uh, time of origin unknown, his mystery is never to be revealed. It's the man on the street, Tommy. Yes, the streets of the void. Hi, friends. Good Hello. to be here. Hello. Hello. Yeah, so- and yes, well, I think we both went to start that. That's that's the problem with the time stream. <laughs> I'll let you kick that off, Ray. No, I was just about to say this is a a little bit of a first, a bit of a boon for this episode. We've got faces to to voices now, so uh, it's I think it's easier to interact now rather than not knowing when someone will jump in. Um, and yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> bringing bringing some loonies together, and it's you know we're connecting from four different parts of the world. You know, Ray's in Sydney, Connor. Uh, Connor, are you still in Toowoomba in Northern Australia? I sadly am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad is on the West Coast uh, in uh, the state of Washington, and I'm um, in the near Midwest in the United States in Michigan. So I just uh, I always love the fact that we are connecting fans and uh bringing our hobby together and something that we love all over the world i think it's it's so cool so thank you connor and ray for setting this up oh i had no part in this this was all ray i I cannot no not at all this is uh this is great look i know each and every one of you wanted to wanted to weigh in with uh this moon knight annual and we'll get to that very shortly as well but um uh, it would be really interesting to get you, your thoughts on it because uh, it seemed to be just you know holistically we won't get into it yet, but it just seemed to be quite well received. Um, but I'm looking forward to nitpicking, nitpicking this issue, trying to reveal the ghoulies underneath the uh, the skirts. You know, <laughs> I don't. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't, that's I don't, some don't. special phrasing. <laughs> that is, that is an Australian right. expression that I am not familiar <laughs> with, but. I look forward to hearing about that. <laughs> well, shall we go into uh, some idle chat, gentlemen? Yeah, for sure. I think so. Before we kick off the big stuff. Uh, 
uh, said this last season, uh, several loonies, Ray and Chad and Connor and Dustin, Cold Case Kurtz, and I all participated in um, something that we've had a lot of fun with, the, the Fantasy uh, Comic League. Uh, that's set up here in the States, and every month we choose four characters uh, from a, a tiered list. Uh, it's just like drafting fantasy football here or fantasy baseball here in the States or wherever you happen to be. Um, and characters earn points based off of their appearances, based off their power sets, and you get to choose and, and uh, what, what your specialties are uh, month by month. And I've had a lot of fun with it. I mean, guys, before we talk a little bit about the results, any any comments on the the FCL? Anything that you just absolutely love about it? Has it uh, triggered you into uh, reading new comics or following characters? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't trust your favorites. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very interested. My favorite all like Moon Knight. Just fuck him off. He was never there. <laughs> I don't think he was ever even on a list. Just, <laughs> I'd just like. Sorry, Connor. Before you get into it, I'd like to ask Chad as well that that question that you mentioned, Tommy, as well. How did you find it? Because you were a very, let's say that you approached it very differently from the rest of us, and I thought it was. Um, I thought your values were 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 great. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> as for the success rate, so you basically stuck to your guns. You had a couple of a couple of favorites, Loki, right? Um, I think it was uh, Winter Soldier as well. Uh, yeah. Was She-Hulk in She-Hulk. there? Or was that She-Hulk? And X twenty three. Yeah, which was a very moot point uh, because she just didn't get much action. So yeah. she appeared once. Yeah, well, yeah, she's getting it's... a new book soon, so you'll be safe, maybe. It's because Chad's in the future again. So if he chose it a bit later <laughs> in the FCL, he would do well. You're a man out of your time, Chad. But anyway, yeah, did you enjoy it, Chad? Like, how was it? Did you, you know, how did you, yeah, you know, how did you find the whole thing? I did enjoy it. Um, you know, despite my lack of, you know, points being struck, I still really enjoyed following it across the board okay yeah no it's cool and it's great to have you back for season two as well so that's um that's cool do you think you'll change your approach in the second season or are you gonna i I changed my approach as if i went with conan i went with doom i went with doom is cool yeah but i know Uh, you like doom so i know that uh you know again that's a there's a favor as well but i think he will do well you're right i think he's got the series right so yeah, he's got well. his standalone, and then there's the uh, Doom 2099 coming up, so... Yes. Okay. Well, he'll be in there, so he'll be in nice. the Nice. Yeah. And um, see, I took a, a leg up from Chad from last season. I was so impressed with his last place results every month that I decided <laughs> to start drafting my favorites, uh, not necessarily on the ranked preseason order. Um, and so, uh, Chad, just to that point, uh, I told Ray, my number one pick is Moon Knight. I was the the third draft pick and, uh, Ray didn't pick him. And and I think, I I forget who was the second, uh, uh, pick, but, um, you know, I know that Moon Knight has at least two issues this month, so I'm bound to get at least two points. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll take that. And then my other three characters that I chose for the new season, um, we're based off that that preseason order, but 
Uh, Connor Shu, though, you, you know, you uh, were with us for that first season. It was a ton of fun. Um, and, you know, times are times, and you're super busy. But uh, how, any thoughts on Fantasy Comic yeah. League? You know, should other people get involved? Did you did you have fun with it? Do you, do you guys remember in high school whenever you had a group project and there was that one cunt who would just disappear? It was like me for the second <laughs> half of that season. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chad, yeah, so, Chad raises his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> it was important. Look at him, poor flashbacks. Yeah, um, yeah I work a uh, nightmarish job, uh, so I, I sadly do not have as much time as I would have hoped, but um, yeah. to really invest. But I think like the first couple of months I was there full on and it was such an enjoyable experience of um mm. you know properly researching every spending like hours researching every issue of um League of Comic Geeks yes. like invaluable essential to getting me up to date and I did pretty well with that as well and it was a lot of fun I just wasn't quite able to make it for a lot of that season and towards the end but what I I am most able to talk about uh is how well run it is um god I forget the guy who runs it Brian Fint Brian, okay, oh, I know it was Brian. Uh, fantastic guy, the amount of effort he puts into making us all feel welcome, making mm. something that could be a nightmare to run through 75 different Twitter chat rooms. Like It was magical, I... and it was such an enjoyable experience. I want to give a big shout-out to him. You know, this would not be what it is without him. Yeah, definitely. Props to Brian. I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, th- we're just one division, Jesus. and there are four other divisions that he's got to, you know stick his finger in the pie with as well and, and try to get across the board everyone's kind of drafts and explain you know how to use power sets and so he's very patient and he's uh yeah very accommodating so a big a big shout out to brian as well um but yeah that, that's good and connor yeah i guess what you do find um and of course like you work nightmarish hours and stuff that because uh, you were you were gunning it for the first couple of months but yeah it, there is a little work involved in it, as you're saying, like you can spend as much time as you want trying to figure out how many, like what's coming out that month, who's going to be appearing, who might be appearing in issues. It's you know just like a footy fantasy, it gets quite involved. Yeah, it it, oh, it does. I know that um, yeah. I, I play fantasy uh, football, American football, Ooh. with uh, some friends. I play fantasy baseball. Um, and I kind of dip in and out with fantasy soccer or, you know, fantasy football everywhere else. Um, just as a Premier League fan, I mean, my favorite team, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur, we're playing in a couple hours, <laughs> Crystal Palace, yeah. need to take a win, we're playing at home. Um, but then we've got this new season, and Connor, we're sad to see you go, uh, mm-hmm. but we are welcoming a colleague of mine, a friend of mine from school, I'm a high school teacher, uh, Jason is our maestro, he's our Latin teacher. Um, and he is uh, similar to, to all of us, we listeners here uh, on the podcast. He, he loves comic culture, uh, has forever. Um, and he actually has a lot of really interesting stories. And I'd love to bring him on to ITK sometime. Oh, uh, he's, a, he's a Moon Knight fan. Uh, oh, maybe is he? not as, as, cool. as much as we are, but you know, yeah. he thinks the character is really cool. Um, but he, he's got some really interesting stories. He used to live in New Jersey. Uh, where he went to uh, graduate school, and uh, there's this one story, uh, like his buddy's brother or something was an exec at DC, and he went what? into this really? vault-like room Whoa. at the DC uh, headquarters, and they basically gave him a hundred free comics, but of these classic <laughs> issues. It's he's 
yeah, he's he's brilliant. He's a lot of fun, um, and uh, he's really excited to join us in our fantasy uh, league this this season. So we've got Ray, we have Chad, uh, Jason, uh, and I think Dustin. Cold Case Kurtz is sticking around. He's coming. He's uh, already paid up. He's uh, yeah. on the coin. Yeah, so he's keen, and uh, and I'm playing as well. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, last season, I was expecting to win the entire season. I had, <laughs> um, pulled in second place each month. I, I got my three points a month. I got first place, I think, in the second month or uh, however it pans out. And then Ray, somehow, the stars aligned, the, the full moons aligned, the Friday Conchie. the 13th full moon, Kanchu <laughs> came down, uh, and Ray uh, won the league. And so when you win this league... Because uh, it is a, a paid league, yep. Um, the winner uh, receives a free uh, trade paperback. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, well, they 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 win a trade paperback, mm-hmm. and uh, Ray generously donated his oh. part of part of his winnings back to the league to reduce our dues for this next season. Oh, so, Ray, I, thank you for that. It was uh, honorable of you. I, I, no, Hero, no, 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 please, please don't, please don't thank me because I could have like just split it all and just say, hey, you know, let's split it down the middle. But I kind of did take the the selfish route, and I said, okay, well, look, you know, pay off my fee, and then and then there are, you know, then there's like, you know, a few bucks left. So I thought I'd, yeah, just spread that around. But yeah, no, thank you, Ch- um, Tommy, you know, for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's very uh, humble. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so it was very close, right? So I just want to quickly go. Oh, actually, no. I wanted Tommy. I wanted to ask you: Was that your strategy as well? To, I mean, to not seek the win, but just to, just to hang in around second at least and first, because that's all Brian was saying. You're saying that that's a, that is a strategy that some people do. Um, they don't. Yeah, they don't. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but they don't actually aim to go to the top all the time. If you if you come out second or, or third or first, you know, around there, then your your overall points will. Um, ensure that you stay around the top? Is that what you did? Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Because when it comes yeah. to drafting in this fantasy league, uh, again, the way that uh, the, the preseason rankings are organized is by first by the number of appearances for each of these characters. And, yeah. and Peter Parker, Spider-Man, tends to always be at the top. Yeah. Last season, I think over the summer, he had an expected... 12 appearances or something in his in month one, which I think may have been May, but it, maybe it was June mm-hmm. um, with the uh, the end of War of the Realms coming and, and yada, 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 and all the different uh, titles that he's in. So it's first organized by uh, the number of expected appearances, and then it's organized uh, in alphabetical order. So the first month that I draft or drafted, rather, I knew that. Uh, Wolverine was going to have X number of appearances and, uh, you know, Moon Knight was going to have potentially zero appearances. So I just chose by characters number of expected appearances. Okay. And I didn't realize until July, maybe the second month that the characters were organized alphabetically. And so then that second month, <laughs> yeah. I decided to not just go down the, the yeah. preseason rankings list, but then I actually started thinking, okay, well, who are some of my favorite characters? Taking mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Chad strategy there, too, because that, that's what makes it fun. The Chad strategy. Uh, Brian, the strategy. The, the strategy. Do it. Brian, 
Brian, the the creator here uh, at FCL, um, he posts on Twitter these special card updates mm. uh, pretty much on Wednesday on New Comic Book Day. Sometimes it's, there's a little delay as it happens. Um, and that's that's a lot of fun, too. Uh, as we mentioned before, you get to see a version of your characters. You get to see their stat breakdown. Mm. Um, and that's what, as Connor Mann uh, said, that it's it, it makes this fantasy league a ton of fun Mm. um, because you can go week by week and and, and check out all those updates. But um, so no, I Ray, I have to say that my, my strategy initially was I'm going down the list. I'm taking a look at their expected appearances Mm because of course characters might appear in a comic book. You'd never know. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's, I'm not too sure if we can track down a a proper strategy Mm. to this league other than just, Choose the characters that are going to help you have the most fun. And again, that's why in this new season, I made sure my first pick was Moon Knight. Because I know that he's in at least two issues. And every week on Twitter, I know that I'm going to see my favorite character. And I'm going to yeah. see some power stats next to him. And it's fun you know, with, with friends, with all of you guys, to just be able to chat about it once in a while on Twitter. Or if we happen to uh, you know, be on Facebook Messenger or something. Um, and razz each other a little bit. It, yeah. it, it's just part of the fun. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, no clear strategy. Just okay. uh, take a look at the expected number of appearances. As Connor mentioned on League of Geeks, fantastic resource. You can it kind of yeah. see what's happening and and maybe expect. Oh, maybe this character will appear in Punisher sixteen next month. Like we have the chance that maybe Moon Knight will appear yeah. briefly in Punisher sixteen. Probably not, but. You never know. You so, never know. You know there, yeah. I guess there can be a, a bit of that strategy. Yeah, that's the X factor for sure. So, so anyway, so that last season, which just wrapped up, uh, just got the points here. So yeah, Tommy, you and I ended up on eight points overall, but we had to split it through overall scores. So two seventy two to two sixty, very close still. Um, Connor and Dustin, this is the thing that really I found really cool. Uh, you guys both ended up on six. You both had um, your overall scores were both equal as well, two hundred and twenty-nine. Like, what yeah, are the chances? Me and Dustin. What are the chances of that? And then so it came down to who had the best month, and um, it's obviously it's kind of since you won one of the months, um, you had ninety-six in one of them uh, to Dustin's sixty-two. So you came out on top at the end there. Uh, so you came in at third, Dustin coming at fourth, and Chad. You bring up the uh, the other end. Uh, you are the other leader from the other end uh, on a uh, what's that? An egg, a bagel. Just gaping <laughs> void in the scores. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it should. Um, who knows? Season two, it's up. Uh, and just look, wanted to take this opportunity as well, Loonies. It is a heap of fun. Uh, we've posted it up there before. Uh, albeit season, this season. Um, our official ITK Moon Knight division is locked up with the five players, but that's not to say that we can't have another one as well. So if there's anyone interested still, uh, look, the season has started, so kind of got it in there quickly. Um, just hit us up, and uh, if we can get another team of five, then we can set you up and, and create another division of ITK. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, um, do we have time to just kind of check in and see what everybody's been reading recently, other than last yeah. week's Punisher 15 and uh, this week's uh, Moon Knight Annual? Yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Yeah, Chad, uh, anything that you've been reading of note lately, last week? Um, I've been going through the 
TMNT nineteen eighty four series. Like the original Eastman Laird. Oh. Oh nice. Okay. And that's the black and white stuff, yep. right? It was uh unexpectedly very violent. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> Chad looks oh, yeah. god. No, no, traumatized. No, fine. It's just I thought it was no, gonna no, be no. like, yeah. you know, basic, you know, acrobatics and like foiling the bad guy with sabotage. No, it's pretty visceral. Mm. Just cool. unexpected. Uh, oh. well, I'm yeah, that original to... 80s cartoon really sort of kicked off that original kind of take the comic and make it Saturday morning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Add, uh, add pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Noel's a big fan of Team NT as well, and I'm, I'm very curious about one of his Alaraz was a... Uh, oh God, what is it? It was a TMNT related. I've forgotten the the name of the. This, it was about a, a robot. Um, it was only one issue ever came out, and it, it was linked to the the turtles. But yeah, um, Connor, how about you? What, what did you? Uh, I'll keep it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it to uh, two quick ones. Uh, Pretty Deadly is back. Pretty Deadly, the Rat One. Pretty Deadly is one of my all-time favorite series. Uh, mm-hmm. That's um, Kelly Sudaconic and Emma Rios, uh, Jordi Belair. Just the most gorgeous supernatural cowboy shit. Where can you go wrong? Absolutely love it. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, Christopher Cantwell, uh, Holt and Catch Fire. She could fly. Writing the new Doom series coming up next month or so. Uh, Everything Run uh, one from Burger Books out through Dark Horse. That is a crazy cool small town supernatural piece about a mysterious shopping mall that's connected to all the town's goings on, and it's quite a bit of setup of this terrifying you know interesting scenario and it's a lot about you know loneliness and what's missing in our lives and yeah i'm really looking forward to that I forget who the artist is but uh, it's an absolutely fantastic looking book as well uh inj colbert i believe it is ian okay. colbert it's good again fascinating How love do burger you, books where do you where do you find these things connor again <laughs> like uh you go league of comic Di- geeks you go new comics and you click only ones and then you just scroll through Okay. See what see what takes your fancy. Yeah, right. Nice one. Uh, Tommy, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, so last night uh, I had the pleasure of uh, recording with Noel Tate. Uh, Noel. <laughs> Looney Tunes Tate. And uh, Rick, the Rick Ball Special, Gentusa. Uh, you know, a, a Sydney friend of, uh, of Ray's there. Shops at King's Comics. And what I mentioned is that... Uh, I am so behind when it comes to some of my subscriptions, um, but I, I discussed my summer readings, and so I'll just show you all really quickly. Uh, I've been reading many more Image comics over Marvel comics nice. uh, generally. Yeah. I've been picking up some uh, different series and trades, but uh, you know, Kirkman's Oblivion Song, I've been reading that. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have it here, but of course, Gideon Falls, Jeff Lemire. Uh, this came out just this last week, but Warren Ellis and Jason Howard... Uh, trees three fates i haven't read this yet but i flipped through it at, at the store and it looked really cool oh, trees. So another image series yeah have you read that connor um are you, are you... no it's the one warren ellis comic he like did that and injection and i think this is like the th- second or third part of the tree series i've always been okay. getting to catch up but you're right sorry ellis you know yeah. you, you probably won't go wrong yeah, yeah. I saw Warren Ellis. I saw number one, and I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna at least gonna check this out. Uh, yeah. So if there if there's uh, two fates or one fate, previous series, I, I look forward to checking those out. Um, Isola, 
the I was struck by this came out maybe a year and a half ago, but oh, uh, fantastic! The, not this issue, but the the series started and the the art is just it's unbelievable. It, nice. I, I feel like I've never seen anything like it before. The especially in the first four or five issues, the way it's set in this forest and the way that they show the light, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, last year, and I think I mentioned this before in passing, uh, but my yes. barber shop. Uh, foremost barbershop in Grand Rapids. Uh, they have a huge trade paperback collection. So while you're sitting around waiting for a barber's chair, uh, you can pick <laughs> up something new. And that's where I first found Jeff Lemire's uh, Descender with Dustin Wynn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was struck. It was it was really cool. So I read through the first two trades there, and then I picked up the rest. And so I read Descender in, in uh, trade paperback. And they started their follow-up series that uh, takes place about a decade after, um, called Ascender, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's 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 like a sci-fi opera. It's it's a mix of Star Trek and Star Wars and uh, Lord of the Rings. There's magic. Wow. It's it's really really cool. Um, Immortal Big Hulk. June I've vibes. been reading in trade. Oh, Immortal and Hulk. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, you loving it? I I am. I yeah. again I've been reading it in trade, so yeah. whenever I come in on a Wednesday to my, my shop and I see somebody pick up an issue and they start flipping through it, I have to avert my eyes <laughs> because I'm I'm so far behind. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm only up to I think uh, trade number three, so that might be issues twelve through yeah. or sixteen or something. Uh summer project of mine was to reread the Sandman series. So Ooh, this just yeah. this is uh, uh volume nine, uh, but the kindly ones. Uh, one of my best buddies when I was younger in middle school, he uh, was collecting the single issues. And so he kind of got me back into that comics world. And then I took another hiatus until I was uh, maybe in my 20s or early 20s. Um, but I've been rereading that. I, mm-hmm. I borrowed his trades back in the day, and, and now I'm coming back to it. So I, I read through that. I didn't get to Overture, though. Um, I don't know if any of you have read Salmon Overture. Uh, no. Neil Gaiman no. released that. Maybe about a year ago, year and a half ago, but I have to say that my my read of the summer was Images Monstrous, and if you all haven't checked this out, really great, just fantastic. Uh, there's uh, three trades. I think out I would right have now. that as my favorite Image series. Yeah. Is yeah, Eisner yeah, award winning, wasn't it? She it, she won. It, it is. Yeah. I, I think that yeah. I think the series is is award winning, but also Sana Takeda, the uh, artist, exclusively the art. The, the Marjorie Liu is the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, or lead creator, the writer, and Sana Takeda uh, does all the art. She does all the covers. She does all the interiors. Fantastic. Um, and, and Takeda, I think, has won multiple awards, not only for some of her covers or maybe one of her covers, but also uh, uh, just her work on the series. And mm-hmm. so, again, this, this mixes uh, steampunk culture with uh, arcane magic, and there are like different... Uh, species that, that that interact with each other and it's it's just a really interesting world and it's just it's it's fun to read mm-hmm. but it's also just fun to look at you yeah. know it's it's really really cool is Great it easy characters. is it easy to get into like yeah. for me it was i mean yeah. I, I i think i was at a, at a bookstore and i was just browsing through their uh, paperbacks and seeing what they had yeah. and monstrous volume one was eight bucks and so okay. it, it, it's the thickest of the volumes and said mm-hmm. i'll check this out i'll pick it up yeah. and i read it all in maybe an hour 
And then okay. after well, that, wow. I said, I, I have to continue this. So yeah. it's, it, I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. And then the, my last pick, I think, is my friend Jason, who's joining us in uh, Fantasy Comic League. Mm-hmm. Uh, popped by our, our library, our local library by our high school. And they, they always have books for sale, but they never have comics. And he found a pristine copy of Neil Gaiman's Eternals. Oh, wow. Um, Ooh, which isn't that people. good, but it's still Neil <laughs> Gaiman. And yeah. it's timely uh, with the Eternals announcement. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've got Kit Harrington coming in as Black Knight. Yes. And, uh, awesome. The, the cadre of the Eternals. And the others. So and, I've been and, reading this. And the others, I'm, yeah. Angela, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe about halfway through so far. I've is been it reading good? it over the last week. Yeah. It's not that great, but uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah. As as many people say, it's it's a good entry point, and I think uh, something that we spoke about a little bit last night with Rick and Noel because they're both familiar with it. Um, we wouldn't be surprised. You know how uh, Marvel's been releasing those True Believers issues, mm-hmm. bringing back some Kirby uh, pieces and and and. Uh, they're dollar issues, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We wouldn't be surprised if Marvel does something similar with this Neil Gaiman Eternal series, where oh, yeah. as yeah. that movie comes out, this oh. is a good entry point to introduce you to the the multitude of characters, the ensemble of characters. Yeah. Um, so again, it's not that good, but the, you know he got this for two bucks at our yeah, library, sure. so the money went directly to a yeah. place that we care about, and it's a nice hardcover. Hardcover, so. and it's going to prep so, you for it's going to prep you for the movie. You know, at least right. you have some reading you know, done about it, uh, for it. So, yeah. Um, was that the, anything else there, Tommy? Or? Oh, I'm sure there's a ton. Like, I've been getting back <laughs> into my Zelda manga that, I, I'm not a big manga fan, I'm not a big anime fan, other than, say, Dragon Ball Z, but, yeah. um, again, my I, Zelda was my favorite, or the Link to the Past, Super Nintendo, that was the first video game that I beat <laughs> by myself. And um, with, with no... Uh, cheat cheats or guides or anything like that yeah. so zelda always has a special place in my heart and so i've, I've just been picking up the zelda manga series whenever i can nice. um and that's that's a ton of fun because that's that too is a great entry point for my my children because yep. there's not really any blood it's just link <laughs> yeah with a cool sword children so. friendly so no, that's good no, that's yeah. cool yeah um uh, look just uh quickly self just um I'm really behind as well, Tommy, with all my my latest, uh, you know, subscriptions and stuff. Uh, I have been reading a bit randomly. Well, actually, they're all kind of podcast related. So I've been reading up on the Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, um, trades and yeah, his origin, where he started. Uh, so that's that's kind of fun. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's set in, it's 94, so kind of familiar with the 90s comics and, and that kind of tone of comics. And that was that's a lot of fun. Um, going through Operation Galactic Storm from the Avengers again in the nineties. Uh, a little bit of homework because uh, I, one of my favorite podcasts, Quantum Zone. I'm going to give them a shout out, Quantum Zone, um, the Quasar podcast. They're reviewing all the twenty-two parts to it. So uh, I read part one, which was in a Cap- Captain America comic, um, but it's in the. I've, I've got the Avengers Epic Collection of the uh, Operation Galactic Storm. So reading through that as well yep uh, other than that um just been reading the moon knight annual uh and that's it so it's been pretty um pretty slim pickings what i've been reading lately but yeah there you go loonies uh a nice a vast array there of comics for you um 
to maybe choose, maybe investigate later on. Let's see. News. We got the white noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got Just turn the, the TV on, set it to static. <laughs> That's it. Good yeah. Let's see. We got the announcement for Moon Knight being in the Serpent War, mm-hmm. which is the Conan, Solomon Kane, and what was the last character? Oh yeah, I think there's four. There's four. Yeah. Um, Some which cool swordswoman from the Conan series. Yeah. Uh, just pulling it up now. But she's but she's a she's a fifteenth late fifteenth to early sixteenth century uh, uh, Black Agnes mm-hmm. yeah. Re- rebel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the. She's list. got she's, like she's got a gun, real like a red hair, or something like that. I thought it was like a flintlock or something. What? Well, yeah, sorry, it when really I said revolver. Bulky. I thought, I thought mm-hmm. back to myself. I'm not sure that was invented yet. So yeah, uh-huh. as Chad said, a, a, a flintlock. Yeah, this would this would be interesting. What do you guys think of this? This, this is, I think this is the biggest news. For, this was alluded to by uh, C.B. Sobolski about Moon Knight coming in December, which we reported last week in a very unexpected way. And this is it. He's coming via mm-hmm. a four-part miniseries, uh, much to do with Conan and, I, I guess, time travel. Uh, very disparate characters here. Um, Chad, what do, you, what do you make of this? Uh, is this something that excites you? Are you a bit disappointed by this? Where are you with it? So, Conan is another character I picked up for our Fantasy League, so there's that. Um, I'm looking forward to it because <laughs> I personally <laughs> really <Daddy>. like... <laughs> I really like Solomon Kane. Mm-hmm. He's like this uh, begrudging, cursed man that used to be a pirate, you know, and he basically turned his life around and became... A priest, and through various tribulations, he's basically said, "Nah, well, here's our lock." Oh, hey! But uh, yeah, he's basically gone back to his evil ways of you know mirth and murder. Um, but but isn't I, isn't isn't he doing that like in the name of his faith and 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 God though? I thought yeah. that was the the gist of his character. It was in the name of God, but it's kind of also, he feels like he's been jettisoned back into it because he's basically said, well, Tomatum's like, hey, you know, I'm only going to do this if you really tell me to. And he basically finds an excuse to do it. Because mm. I know that uh, just reading through uh, what Marvel.com published, um, I, I, I have to admit I didn't really... Sc- scrounged through the like comic book resource or comicbook.com articles. I just went directly and read the Marvel release. Mm-hmm. And it did seem interesting because we have uh, Solomon Kane as, as Chad introduced, who has this strong faith uh, and he has this faith in a God that he's never interacted with directly. Whereas on the other side, juxtapose you have uh, Mark Spector, Moon Knight, who uh, is in a way, I guess, within this series, a devoted follower of Kanchu, mm-hmm. this other god. Uh, who, and we think that Mark is actually 
interacting directly with Kanchu. And so the again the the the, the difference between the two characters are good foils for each other. At least that's what the Marvel dot uh, com article uh, uh, published. And so I think that there's something pretty interesting mm-hmm. there. Because uh, again, uh, another note that was mentioned is that Moon Knight and Conan are going to start the limited series here, the the four, the four issue event, on separate tracks, but then they're going to come together at the end. Okay. And I'm guessing that that's going to be either at the end of issue three or in issue four. And they said it's going to be explosive. So I'm I'm excited for it as a Moon Knight fan. I'm excited for it just because it's something new. Um, mm-hmm. But that that other note there is that. Moon Knight and other characters, but especially Moon Knight, are going to be permanently changed after this event. Yeah. And so I, yeah. there's something there that worries me. Mm. But at the same time, knowing that we have the Disney Plus series coming out and potentially how they use the like She-Hulk and Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel, maybe they're using the Disney Plus series to prep those characters for feature films, mm-hmm. um, which would be great. Uh Maybe it's it's going to be for the best of the character. So I'm excited, but I'm a little worried. I just I, I just want to get back into uh, a long running Moon Knight series. I, I want to bring our boy back. I want I want to be able to pick him up once a month and and have some fun with that. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Connor? Are you. Yeah, that that's my sentiments exactly. Um, I got nothing against Conan. I you know he's he's. Pretty fun sword and sorcery tales. I, n- I never really got into them, um, except for the Age of Kona Belite series, which was Teeny Howard, and I picked up because, funnily enough, Sena, uh, Son of Takeda covers. Uh, that's kind of beside the point. Mm. I don't know why I went there. But um, I do like Jim Zub as well, uh, you know, at least. Um, you know, even the stuff of his that I'm not super into, they're always well written. So there is um, there's part of me that's definitely keen to pick this up day one, talk with it about you guys, and, you know... It's pretty cool to see Moon Knight get a mainlight spot with you know what has been one of their biggest properties, uh, Marvel's biggest properties of 2019 being the Conan. But I mean, if 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 someone asked me what I'd want, I probably wouldn't have said this. And um, I think I want to talk about it with you guys later. I just threw it in the docket. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but uh, this this is a really new direction for Moon Knight from Lemire, Bemis, what's being set up with Jason Aaron, and now this annual. There is this importance of Conchu and Mark being Conchu's avatar that we just is unprecedented like this is this is like entirely different from Moon Knight which which is what we like to see but you know I, I, that makes me also skeptical will we get Jake Lockley will we get Stephen Grant how much of this is actually going to be the Moon Knight we know and love but mm. all those quibbles aside you know we like this character because of his flexibility and we'll all be there day one so praise be <laughs> yeah it's it is part and parcel isn't it with moon knight it's um and it's always a little jarring when we do get something new this is not a moon knight series but again even from this annual he's depicted in a very particular way and and the, the fact is that moon knight has so many facets to him that writers more often than not will focus on one thing and maybe leave things in the back seat so we get that with this annual that we're going to review as well and uh, it may may be the way forward for Moon Knight. Um, it may be what they have in mind for the TV show, and they're actually, you know, how the TV show and the comics kind of work together. Maybe the comic book form of Moon Knight is now being moulded, um, for good or worse, 
in the guise of what the TV representation of Moon Knight will be. Um, uh, same, similar to you, Tommy, a little a little nervous at this, um, but also a little excited. Who knows? Um, who knows what it could bring? Uh, I've got my thoughts on the annual coming up as well with its take on Moon Knight. Uh, so I'll leave it for that. But um, uh, anything with Moon Knight, I, I reckon we, we should cover this, Connie, shouldn't we? We'll cover the four issues um, oh, on, on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, regardless of how, um, how often he'll appear in issue one, two, or whatever. It's quite a short run as well, four, four issues. There's not much there to to really sink your teeth into. I mean, Zub is a good writer. I do like his stuff. I mean, it, it's easy to write, but um, easy to read, sorry. But um, four issues, that's, that's going to go by before you know it. And is that... Uh, yeah, but... Do any of you know, is that a monthly or is that a weekly? Uh, bi-weekly. Bi-mon- uh, bi-weekly, yeah, two issues. Uh, so, December, so that'll take us to the end January. of January then. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. It's exciting news. Uh, it's not the news that we all thought, and Sobolski definitely um, was correct in it being in an unexpected way. Um, I liked Josh's take on it, of uh, of it being linked to Kang and Moon Knight entering from 2099. I reckon that would have been awesome. Um, that would have worked really well. But, you know, let's see what this one brings. Let's see. So that was the... Serpent War. Nine mm-hmm. after that we just got more Moon Knight, ten actors and fan casting bits. Yeah, this is more there's a whole heap of this now coming up, isn't it? Like, like Chad, I just put this in because yeah, uh, with all the T V show coming up, there's a whole heap of these things. Uh one of the loonies put it up as well in the in the Facebook group. You know, ten villains we want to see Moon Knight um fight in the show. Ten actors we want as Moon Knight, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, par for the course, really, for um, a lead-up to a TV show. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the article was, um, you know, like a primer for Moon Knight and the, that other article, 10 Actors, um, you know, we all got our, our favourites, uh, so, or who we think it could be. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to tread over that again. Do you guys want to... <laughs> Go through any no, no especially. Okay. Um, I am wondering if I'm always uh, bad with fan casting. Yeah, <laughs> what was that chat? Sorry, did Rebecca end up finishing that uh, article? Uh, which article was that? Sorry, oh, she was just doing a little bit of a jest about the clickbait articles and saying, "Hey, I'll just go ahead and write my own. I'll start writing for <laughs> CBR." Uh, perfection takes time is all I want to say. <laughs> perfection takes time. Let's see. Uh, apparently the... But, Loonies, if you are interested in uh, checking out any of those clickbait articles, you can just see our Facebook group uh, news yeah. feed because uh, <laughs> just type in still fun once there. in a while you, you know you can choose to click on them or not but it, you know it's great to have excited loonies that are, are yes. really uh, willing to share things that they find hmm. um, yeah I love the activity happening that's good it's uh, yeah it's, it's a buzz um, yeah sorry Chad um, what have we got next <laughs> uh, just apparently MCU Cosmic posted a thing basically uh, displaying the different uh, working titles for the assorted shows mm. and movies. Um, like the one for Moon Knight is called Good Faith. Black Widow is Blue Bayou. Eternals is Sack Lunch. 
the Falcon and Winter Soldier is tag team. Okay, I can see that. Loki yeah. is the River Cruise. Sounds very Loki. And WandaVision <laughs> is <laughs> Big Red. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, Tommy, you put something on the on the community, the, the group, about spectolation as to good faith. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys? What do you reckon? I mean, is it? we know it's a working title. Um, to me, there's always an essence of what the show is about, tangentially, somehow. Do you, do you reckon it has any merit, Chad? Um, I think that it may have more to do with his you know, origin in the comics than anything else. Like, that he's mm. actually going to be, like, the fresh-out-of-resurrection uh, mark that's, like, fervent about following Khonshu's will. Hmm. Yeah. And it could well be, I mean, what I mentioned before about them kind of grooming Moon Knight now to be very much like we see in the annual. Maybe it could be that. Like, with Khonshu kind of now being... Um, unambiguous and no longer you know is it his mental state or is it is Conchu real maybe that's what they're trying to trying to instill in the movie in the in the tv show i don't know um connor any thoughts on this isn't isn't mcu cosmic like one of the worst for clickbait that probably isn't true um but besides that um but I, I think that's a good title. I think yeah. um, regardless of how you put Conchu in, whether he is uh, the big the big bad god man, uh, whether he's real at all or just in Mark's head, faith is a big part of that character. So I think, I, I mean, if, if you actually had that as the as a title, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be mad, or even just an episode title. It's yeah. kind of a fun name. Okay. Very yeah. preacher. Yes, does seem to be. Um, any any other final thoughts on that one there, Tommy? Uh, just I think Chad, you uh, you kind of wrapped it up really well. Um, that maybe this is going to be a series that starts right at the the resurrection at the feet of the Conchu statue, um, and maybe maybe even we're going to see because who knows how many episodes this is going to be, right? That that I don't think that's been released. Um, so let's say it's a ten issue initial series, hoping that there's more. Um, maybe we will see mark in the heat of battle maybe even have the a bushman scene at the beginning and we won't see bushman again until the end of the series mm-hmm. um or the end of the first uh series here um and he's resurrected so Kanshu inspires him to become his avatar of vengeance he's super street level trying to figure himself out um you know make his own suits and then maybe over the course of the first series there are hints of his dissociative identity disorder and maybe by the end of the series we start to question maybe he's just insane uh projecting conchu himself yeah right um but maybe by the end of the series we as an audience start questioning whether or not conchu is real Mm. um and that would then be a good way to hook us for for season two um but but again you, you you start at the high point of here's a mystical character Here's uh, the god Conchu, and then that starts to break down, and more of Mark starts to come out. Uh, so that would deviate a little bit, I think, from, like, say, the Jeff Lemire series that introduced that idea that 
Um, maybe Kanchu actually appeared to Mark when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kanchu explained uh, Mark's DID to him when he was a, a child, uh, which then brought about the question of maybe Kanchu was just another um, identity that that Mark had. Mm-hmm. So, but but again, that's that's all part of my love for Mark Spector, my love for um, all the aspects, and 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 for Moon Knight. Yeah. Because writers can take it in a new direction. You know, we saw with Bemis, he took it his own path. And mm-hmm. here, Colin Bond, as we'll discuss in uh, a few minutes, took uh, some of the legs from the Bemis run and brought in the the idea that maybe there have been multiple avatars of vengeance throughout time. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, it's comics. I, I, I love it. And... You can't win them all. Sometimes you'll love yeah. it. Sometimes you'll hate it. But I'm, I'm, I, I love the character. Yeah. Thank you, Doug Mensch. Thank you, Bill Sienkiewicz. And yeah. I'm, I'm in it forever. So let's have some fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone will have their favorite kind of impression and depiction of Moon Knight. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Let's just let's just see where things take us. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this with this TV show. Could be. Be good, could be bad. We don't know. We'll cover it regardless. Um, the only other thing he chat as well, which I put in, was it seemed. And again, this is MCU Cosmic Connor, so as you say, it could be totally unreputable. But um, it seemed like the series releases in 2022 now. I thought it was in 2021. That was from the D23 announcement. Um, but they could begin shooting as late as 2020 or in 2021, giving a window of release in 2022 so we might have to wait even longer i hope not i'm hoping it would be late 2021 we get it but you know it's still a while away so there are plenty of mark specter moon knight issues that we can review week by week oh, so that that you, should that should take absolutely, us absolutely absolutely <laughs> and uh chad there's a final bit here the news just a little bit more about you know keanu reeves being courted by built dc and marvel um i heard that on the topic of Keanu Reeves possibly being nightmare for the uh, mm. what's it called Doctor Strange two, uh, um, but yes. that was filled in by uh, what's his face uh, David Tennant. Oh, is that cut? Ca- yeah, that he's supposed to be the antagonist for. Yeah, David Tennant. Really nice. So wow, not That's saying big. that he's nightmare. Yeah. not saying he's anyone specific yet. Oh, just that he's. But he's been yeah. locked in. Okay, well, they they. I that think ain't they, bad. Yeah, yeah. I've seen boss um, boss logic wanting Eva Green, um, as nightmare, which would have been cool oh, from Penny yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. yeah, she's she's really. Um, sorry, that's and she played uh, Vesper in yep. Casino Royale. Yes, uh, yeah. the yeah, James Bond uh, redo with uh, what's his name, uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah, I just wanted. Yeah, yeah. she was in the follow up to uh, Three Hundred as well, which I, mm-hmm. I think I saw in passing. Memorable, late obviously. at night, and it, it wasn't <laughs> very good. But, yeah. but she, I mean, she's a, she's a really. Uh, I, th- I, I she has a powerful presence. She she does. Uh, I think yeah. as as an actor, she's she's beautiful. Yep. Um, but she she commands the stage, and uh, there's there's she has all, and, and Penny Dreadful. It, it really yes. she showcased, I think, her range. But she has this 
raspiness or this duskiness to her voice mm. that just seems to command respect uh, mm. in a scene. And so I'd love to see her in the MCU. Um, yeah, I'd love to see her as well. I think that there's a lot of gravitas to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's seen Penny? Uh, Sorry. I was just gonna Sorry. ask if anyone here has seen her in uh, Camelot as Morgan Le Fay. Ooh. Rebecca says that's entirely why she watched the series. Yeah. So, is Camelot a current show? No, is I see, it? I see no, that it's, nod. Yeah. Uh, it's been. <laughs> it was one season and it shut down after, but it has the younger of the Fiennes brothers as Merlin, and her as Morgan Le Fay. Okay, and it is underappreciated. Yeah. Oh, Joseph finds. Oh, it's good, is it? Okay. He was uh, he played Will Shakespeare in Shakespeare in Love, and he's been in a, a number of things. I think he's mostly a, yeah. become a stage actor okay. over the last fifteen or twenty years. But yeah, he's he's fantastic too. Nice. Well, um, just pulling it back to to Keanu with DC and Marvel, Constantine. They're, they're looking at a Constantine sequel, and Marvel is still looking for him. Um, obviously, Nightmare's no longer on the cards. Um, but anyway. Um, anything else on on Keanu? Um, no, yeah, we're good. Man's hot property. Man's hot. He is Bill and Ted's part three. It's great. Matrix. There's news that there yeah. might be a Matrix four. Yes, I know that. That's, that's confirmed. confirmed. Yeah, love the Matrix. Yeah, uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, twenty seventy one or whatever. A video game coming out next year. So Johnny and Mike. I, I still haven't I'm seen sure. um, John Wick three, oh. uh, but I, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Bit of a Keanu renaissance at the moment. Good on him. That's good. Um, oh, look, we're just going to... We'll get there, loonies. We're almost there. Uh, we've got a couple of good things here to go through. A big spectacle here. I wanted to give um, some shout-outs. First off, though, Chad, I'll put this in here. Uh, you you wanted to give a huge shout-out to oh. um, a store. Uh, Full Tilt in Columbia City recently got a very large mm-hmm. haul of... Uh, Assorted Moon Knight comics, almost the entirety of Volume One, in one go. That's cool. And yeah, that's good. And at a good well, price, I'm imagining as well. For uh, I think it was thirty-two bucks. Ah, bloody hell! That's yeah. cool. We need that in Australia. <laughs> they're, they're robbing us here, but no, that's great. Full full credit. Um, yeah. Chad, was at full tilt. Um, so a big shout out to those guys there. I know you spoke to them as well, Chad, didn't you? Um, mention yeah, the show they said that or something. They're going to be giving us a little bump on their end, so you know that's yes. really cool. Excellent. Everyone working together. Oh, exactly. Well, we'll get the details from them. We'll, we'll check that in the show notes uh, for sure. Um, Chad's uh, his Moon Knight collection has grown. And that's really good to see. It's good to see all the other Moonies and the other Loonies, sorry, collections being posted up on the um, the group page as well. It's um it's really fun to see. Uh, a couple of big announcements here now. First, a congratul a huge congratulations to friend of the show, fellow collective David Finn, from the Signal of Doom. Want to give you a big congratulations, Dave. Um, he proposed to his I've put his ever suffering girlfriend Michelle, and uh, he proposed to her over uh, like a couple of days ago. And she said yes, so uh, he's now officially engaged and uh, put a ring on it, eh? So well done, Dave and and Michelle. Uh, I've met her a few times. She's very lovely. Congrats. Yeah. So a big shout out there. Also a huge congratulations to the man in the room here, Tommy, the man on the streets. 
announcement made a little earlier on. Congratulations, Tommy, on the upcoming third edition to the family. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, we've known well. for, yeah. We've known for a while that it, uh, baby will be born in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so about the same time that uh, Serpent War will be ending. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Uh, very timely. <laughs> I'll need uh, probably a break from comics for a couple months. As Heresy. We come back into it. But yeah, we're having a third child. And we actually, uh, <laughs> we, we just found out the other day yeah. uh, that it's going to be a girl. Fantastic. And I, I wanted to wait until birth, but... Uh, it's my wife's choice, yeah. so we uh, we found out and uh, nice one. And so we're really excited because we have two boys. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest has been featured on on ITK before. Yes, Remy. We got to ask Max Bemis a couple questions, and he still loves that. He still loves listening back to that clip. So yeah, but thank you, I appreciate that. You know, uh, great stuff. Uh, a little a little diatrist there on the way, Tommy. So, uh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, also- a future a future loony, a future lover of Moon Knight. Yes, exactly. Excellent. Um, and uh, finally, as well, again, I wanted to give another shout out to Delita. So they released their their single box um, a few a few days ago, and their EP was released on Bandcamp Friday the thirteenth. By the time you listen to this, loonies, um, a couple of days would have passed. Uh, so yeah, a big a big shout out to them. The other void, go check it out. Go to Bandcamp, go buy their EP. It all goes straight to them, um, and later it will be released on the likes of iTunes, Spotify, and such, which you can listen to. Um, but really urge you to support your support your creative talents. So um, yeah, consider picking up this EP. They've also um, they've also got a gig on the fourteenth. So again, that would have passed by the time you listen to this. Um, and they have one coming up in late October. So if you like what you hear, and uh, we'll, we'll play again their, their single at the end of the show. Um, I think we've got that down there. Um, but anyway, yes, look out for it. The Other Void, Delita on their Bandcamp website. Anyway, fellas, I think it's about time. We are going to almost <laughs> go review this annual. We're, we're getting there, loonies. First off, though, another big thing dropped Um this issue, and we have uh, the next part of the Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter. This is episode five, so we're going to leave you with this, uh, and then we'll just go to a couple of messages um, for an ad break, and we'll be back with the review. But uh, yeah, enjoy part five of the Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter. Be right back. Grenades pack such a punch. You and your gung ho attitude. Geez, Geronimo, subtlety is not your strong suit, is it? <laughs> hey, that's what I do. <laughs> right on, bro. Man, we're still stuck here in Boscopur. Could have done with a lift to the mooncopter with Rebecca and Ray. Yeah, but we still got lots of work to do here. Anything come of the hit we did on the cartel? Do we need cartel? What the? You are surrounded, cabron. 
You have uh, pissed off their own cartel. Look, Mr. Crime Lord, you'll have to excuse my partner and I, but we certainly can't conduct a proper discussion under these circumstances. Okay. What did you mean? Geronimo? There. Now that we have your undivided attention, I want you to tell us about all you know of any illegal artifacts coming into Boscovich. You're from the Southern District, so we know you have a stranglehold over the docks and seaside bars in the city. There must be some shipments that have come in that seem out of the ordinary. Before you get well acquainted with Lowen here, I suggest you spill, Phil. Oh, okay, 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 okay. See, see. Uh, but, but my name is, is not Phil. What is it then? Capone? Soprano? The Kingpin? No, it, it, it's Bob. Bob? Si, si. Signor Bob. Si, but, but I'm not the hombre you want. Oh? Yes, si, si. Our cartel, the culo grande. We only deal in hard drugs and trade in firearms. Just small things, you know? Well, the one's getting impatient, Bob. Sure, sure, see, see. Yes, uh, well, uh, all of the, the local uh, bosses from the south up to the north, we're all running scared. There, There is a new group uh, moving in on our territories, taking all over the air shipments, uh, controlling the red light districts, sitting uh, relics and valuable antiques in and out of the country. The name, Bob, who are these goons? They call themselves the uh, uh, Terpiente Tecaos. Serpents of Chaos? See, they, they're bad luck, cabron. They, they spell bad luck. Any way we can find these serpents of chaos? Look for a tattoo at the back of the neck. A snake that look like a dragon. Good to know. Bob, you're coming with us. Cold case. Looks like we need to pay a visit to one of these serpents. And Bob here is the man that can take us. Let's head to one of our safe houses. I don't like the attention you've generated. They have blown up bar and an army of dead gangsters can't spell good fortune for us. Hey, at least we're not dead. Yeah, how did we survive that grenade, by the way? Beats me. Seems like whoever's writing this serial seems to want us to hang around for a bit. Let's move. Let me just... Fire in the hole! <laughs> Come on, man. Hello, this is the voice of Noel, from the musical group Deleter. Check out our extended play record, The Other Void, based on the Marvel character Moon Knight. It's available September 13th, or you can check out our single now, Box, streaming at deleter.bandcamp.com. Yes, Looney listeners, welcome back. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast issue, or episode 113. You are here with myself, Konishu, Chad, and Tommy. And what you heard there before the ad break was another part to the Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter, episode 5, featuring Josh Geronimo! Johnson. Ooh. 
That could be them. And uh, Dustin Cold Case Kurtz. Still stuck in Boscoverdi. Uh, guys, things are heating up in this serial. Any ideas what might happen next? <laughs> I don't know. Chad, you're, you're uh, think- you've you've been belted by cosmic rays. Um, you'll be you'll be turning up soon. Tommy, you're you're coming up soon. I know that. Well, I, I'm not, but the man on the oh, streets. Oh, sorry, you, the man on the streets. Uh, he, he is deep in his investigation, and he is. Uh, he's trying to scrounge some leads. Yep. And uh, he's he's got a couple connections uh, that he's meeting at these shifty hole in the wall places mm-hmm. and dives in the city and so i think that i don't know he's he's up to something he's he's trying to figure something out <laughs> and connor uh yeah we haven't heard from you in a while but we know things are brewing your end of the uh investigation sadly yes i will make my return sometime sadly, in the future yes, <laughs> yes. connor's uh he submitted his vocals in it's all looking good loonies um you know, like if you want to be part of this, just let us know. We really do try and include everyone in here. Uh, can write you in easily. It's it's a lot of fun. We've got a couple of other loonies who are keen. So a little shout out to Matt and to Muhammad who want to join in. I'm very happy to have you in. Um, so just going to be keeping riding this baby until I don't know something bursts. Uh, anyway, loonies, we are here to review the main event, the Moon Knight Annual. Volume 2, Issue 1. And uh, this is available uh, in floppy, single format, uh, but also you can pick it up digitally from Comixology or the Marvel app, or I think that's about it, or or, uh, or Kindle, sorry, as well. So uh, available in a, in a few formats. I uh, just want to give a little um, note as well. There were three variant covers too. So um, if you were picking up the, the single, there are three versions for your your um your eyes to feast on um connor do we have the credits here we are sure do love to uh, accurately credit people because it's pretty good uh so this was released just this week september 11th uh written by cullen bunn art by uh ibrahim mustafa and matt horak colorist mike, uh, mike spicer uh letters vcs joe sabino and editor lauren amaro Excellent. And uh, since this is a new comic book, what we're going to do is go to our classic format. So no sliver. We're going to get a substantial bare bones from Tommy here just to give you a synopsis of the issue. Then what we're going to do is we're going to go through the aspects. Now, the aspects are generally the writing, the artwork, the themes, characterizations, and any references to other runs, any continuity quirks or, um, or you know anything that we need to know from any other issues we're going to try to go through this thing we're going to nitpick this baby apart um, but before that oh, and, we're, and we're going to end with a moon rating highly convoluted moon rating system uh, Connor you just provided one uh, not that long ago I like your one but I can't remember <laughs> all of the ratings there they're <laughs> very cool indeed oh don't worry I have that ready oh excellent okay well let's use that then um, so we'll all rate this but before we go into that Tommy why don't you give us the bare bones Kang the Conqueror goes head-to-head with Conchu's Faithful, a devoted collective that have usurped Kang's powers to bend time with three relics of immortal power. Though Kang is able to reshape reality with his vast power over time, Conchu's avatars are left as the anomalies in each and every which one of those. 
they become the only force able to stop Kang and his plan for domination. Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, and Avatar of Vengeance of Our Time and Space soon finds himself embroiled in the eternal and ever-repeating battle between Khonshu and Kang. Khonshu, a father figure of Kang, feels the need to reprimand him for seeking the totem stolen from his temple. Since Khonshu opposes Kang, Mark is able to seek out and enter time rifts in order to foil Kang's plan to stop him gaining these totems. Kang claims the Ankh, which allows him to control time, but Mark soon nabs the Scarab, which allows him to cut through time uncontrollably. Battles rage from the Wild West, Ancient Rome, 18th century Boston, 1920 Chicago, 19th century London, and even on the high seas of the 19th, early 18th century. The far-flung future and even 4000 BC Mesopotamia. What seems to be the Moon Knight Prime sits atop a hill with the scepter, the final totem of Kang's. Kang and Moon Knight arrive, and in the melee, Moon Knight manages to grab the scepter, linking the three totems together, and for a split second, he has the power. All the Moon Knights from every timeline are summoned, and Kang is defeated. Moon Knight Prime claims the three totems, and after banishing Kang, she departs, protecting the totems in a dimension void of time. was the bare bones for this annual uh, a bumper time traveling you know adventure for Moon Knight and Kang something very different we all were, were going wow Moon Knight and Kang this is weird um, but anyway uh, before we get into the aspects guys Chad um, did you enjoy this comic holistically what were your thoughts was it I did not mind the fact that there was no face ripping, so there's that. Um, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have kind of like a fascination with time paradoxes, Mm -hmm. and the fact that they closed it and there were no issues on that front, it's important to me. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, Connor, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I um I did. I I, you know it it was it was just it was just a good old fashioned good time. you know, just a simple concept, uh, concept executed really well. A um, lot of fun, good ideas. Actually, had quite a bit more bite in the ending than I was expecting, so that was quite a nice note to leave it on. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I, I think, I think if the uh, rest of the acts of evil was was as good and as I think well thought out and fleshed out as this issue, I think it would have been a bit more of a hit. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely one of the better acts of evil in my eyes, um, rivaling, I think, the Deadpool annual. Other than that, the others I thought were pretty average. Um, not sure if you guys have read any of them them as well. Uh, how about you, Tommy? Um, what were your thoughts? I, I was, I have to admit, pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to annuals, uh, Moon Knight has had a couple. And as a fan, I love them. Uh, I, I've never really been as impressed with a what might be a one shot but might actually buy into uh, the continuity for this character mm-hmm. um then then with this issue I, I remember i read it in the car outside my comic shop uh before i got home and i i, I absolutely loved it. it it has uh the mythos of moon knight and Kanshu. um there's a bit of magic with uh these artifacts that are blended in 
Uh, again, it buys into, as we mentioned before, and we'll dig into in a moment, uh, some of the Bemis run mm-hmm. uh, and taking uh, some of the, the creative points that he added in in his writing and uses it here. So I absolutely loved it. It was it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll rate it later, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, excellent. I, I um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it when I first read it. I, I thought it was great. It was a really fun read. It was a nice one-shot um, having prepared for this review and going through it uh, with a little bit more scrutiny, I have come up with a couple of questions and I think I may have exposed a few holes in it. Um, other than that, or I'm just dumb, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it there were a few inconsistencies in this um, upon second reading. But the first time I read it, I really enjoyed it. It was a really wholesome kind of adventure. So anyway, let's go into um, writing first. Okay, so um, I've, I've written a few notes here first. So I've identified the plot devices in this annual. And the first one, obviously, obviously are the, the relics, these totems. Um, pretty much MacGuffins. Um, they, don't, they don't really do too much. Um, they're just sought after mainly. Um, they start to come into effect a bit later on. Um, but what did you guys think of this as a, as a plot device, um, sounding very similar to our serial, Tommy, you mentioned. <laughs> the Golden Scepter, check it out. That's it. Um, but yeah, was this was this a fun thing? Um, Con- Super copyright infringement. <laughs> but Connor, yeah, what did you think of um, for these three things? One to chew through time, one to control time, and one to focus time. Um, Connor? Oh, um, sorry. Um, that was my fault. Talk like that for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, they're fine. I think I, you know, I think I think this story works best simply, where you know the importance of this issue is that there is an evil to be defeated and there is hijinks along the way yeah. and just whatever kind of helps you get there if you just fit into one issue. And they're pretty cool looking, you know. Yeah, true. I mean, they do have their effect. Um, in there as well so so Kang does grab the Ankh which allows him to control time and with that and I'll, I'll, I'll get through this one of these little things that were bugging me he managed to and he's a master of time right but with this Ankh he's managed to recreate a reality he almost he, he changes a reality um, I didn't realise he could do that I thought he was much in in the scope of time and time manipulation anyway uh, Kang's got that Moon Knight gets a Scarab one, which allows him to not have to use the time rifts and actually to just go through time. So we see him go to Rome, to London, you know, to the 18th, 19th century. To Yeehawville. Yeehawville. Um, and the final so one... Silver Gulch, Utah. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, and the last one... Pretty sure that's Yeehawville, Chad. Just uh... And uh, and the last one in Mesopotamia, which um, focuses time apparently, that brings all three totems together. Um, I don't know, Chad. Uh, any thoughts on on these? Did you give it much thought, or was it just like, you know, devices to get us through through to the story? Well, each one of those time periods were obvious, like points or schism in different, you know ethnicities and their background um you know obviously with the uh, what's it called 
in London, that's where they had Jack the Ripper going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 1776 Boston, American Revolution. They, of course, had a point in time with, uh, what was it, Nazi Germany, the mm-hmm. Silver Company. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what they're trying to really say about this. Two- like, it felt like they were trying to go with another piece of the story that we're not connecting. Like, somehow all these are connected on their own. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Uh, how they came about the scarab, how they came about the Ankh, you mean? Yeah. That's an adventure in itself, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just felt like they're going for another color to their space. Yeah, yeah. Um, any thoughts, Tommy, on, on these these uh, relics used for the plot? Uh, as it come with, comes with comics, I don't walk into my Moon Knight comics expecting that this is going to shift the way that people think about the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just had fun, yeah. you know, even Ray, as you mentioned that these are just uses MacGuffins, they're things that Moon Knight has to chase after. Um, I, I, I just really had a lot of fun. There's, there's, there's something yeah. that is really powerful in a well-told story. And I, I don't know how many pages this is. Yeah. I'm looking at my floppy in front of me, but I think that Colin Bunn did a really good job of, of taking a story and fitting it into one issue yes. with lots of action. Um, and even if they are just cheap little plot devices that uh, take character from point A to point B, the the whole journey and, and how he got there was a lot of fun for me. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, it's not quite the centerfold page, it's just after, but this is the page that has, or the, the, the two pages that have ancient Rome, Boston, mm-hmm. Chicago, London, North Atlantic, and the ruins of New York in 2134. And just looking at these even panels on both pages at the same time and knowing that time travel is happening instantly is just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, it's great. Oh, look, I, I don't, um, I, I don't um, oppose that at all. Totally. I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, I'm just put. I'm just being on the, uh, you know, just being the devil's advocate here. Just trying to trying to find things here. Um, trying to question a few things. You're still fucking pessimist. Because, <laughs> because it uh, it was a very enjoyable story. But then I was reading it, and a lot of it. Okay, I'm I'm going to skip a couple of the plot devices. A lot of it, um, I don't know, didn't make sense. So, okay, so one thing, Kang made these totems, right? He made these totems. Um, he instilled a portion of his power in them, and they were in a temple, but they were stolen by the Conchu followers. So he's angry that they stole them, them from him, but he's happy when he grasps it because he says something along the lines of, okay, now I can do this. Like, almost as if it's granting him more power than he than he has. But he, if he made them at the beginning, surely they wouldn't be more powerful than himself. You know what I mean? Um does does that make sense? Am I, conf- am I confusing? Um, yeah. No, no takers. No, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I'm, yeah. I was just flipping um, back to this is the the first several pages where yeah, um, yeah me tell kind of reading through. Yeah, Kanchu and Kang are now outside the time stream, and it, it, let me just mention for a moment that here we mm. see a version of Kanchu. Um, he's humanoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has uh, like a, a, 
a royal or, or, or godlike, yep. you know, the pantheon regalia on. He has his he has his proper golden scepter. Yes. Cute nips. Um, and uh, he doesn't have the the bird face. Yeah. It's not the bushman face. It's just a flat face. It's you can see dimensions of his nose, but really it's uh, more akin to the moon knight mm-hmm. uh, flat mask. And this is really where they're having their conversation. So, I, Ray, I absolutely hear what you're saying, um, but it does seem to, as we mentioned in the um, in our uh, bare bones, that Kanchu is has this father figure status to carry. Yeah, but ha- well, yeah, that's another. That. That's he a, says, "You were my child." That's another plot hole. Why? I, I don't understand the connection between Kanchu. He's a protector of the travelers of the night. He said, "I'm protecting you, Kang." So is Kang a traveler of the night? But, but all he, he says, but but Kanchu says all travelers. Yeah, it's yeah, not just like everyone of the night. God's okay. children, Christian, Catholic. So or then Kanchu now expands yeah. more than just nighttime. He expands it to time as well, and that was shown at the beginning where Kanchu. We what, what does it say? Well, travelers of time, not necessarily time. Maybe maybe time is just is tangential. It's it's travelers of Kang yeah. is a traveler of time. But Kanchu, so therefore, he's a traveler. But Kanchu is a travelers of the night. Like, oh, but he does say all travelers. Okay, but but essentially, we understood him before as being a someone that watches over the denizens of the night, travelers of the night. Uh, and the first page, the worshippers say, "These items we consecrate to you, O Conchu, protector of travelers in the night, guardians of travelers through time." So Cullen Bunn has expanded the scope of Conchu's, um, you know, role now. And so that's a point of difference, I think, which hasn't been brought up before. Um, and so, yeah, that that made me question: Why is Conchu considering himself watching over Kang? Okay, so he's watching over Kang because he's in, a traveler of time. In the Greek pantheon, at least, um, taking say it like a contemporary view and uh, combining many, many, many works uh, from ancient Greece and then classical Greece, um, Zeus who is always seen as the god of the gods, uh, of the Olympians, uh, you know, after killing his father, after killing Kronos, is seen as the god, too, of travelers mm-hmm. um, or of guests to the home. And so uh, maybe what Colin Bunn is doing here is maybe he is, is adding something to Kanji. Maybe he mm-hmm. is changing uh, that aspect or, or that mythos around this Egyptian god as presented in the MCU, but it does seem that he is making Kanchu or raising Kanchu to a higher status so that yeah. maybe Kanchu, just like Zeus, is, is the watcher of travelers, the, the, the keeper of uh, visitors to the home um, or guests. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kanchu is doing that now. And so again, yeah, I absolutely agree. Kang... I guess as a traveler, he's a traveler through time. That's what, what the Kanchu in this uh, issue mentions. But I guess I didn't see that so much as a plot hole, just as Cullen Bunn is taking mm. the Kanchu character in a new direction. Yep. And again, for me, that I don't mind that because that opens up some new paths for Moon Knight in the future. And, and oh, I, yeah, I, I really like the idea that Kanchu maybe has some substance yeah. in uh, the uh, in, in 616 or, or, or in Marvel Comics and isn't just something created by Mark and his mind. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it is a, it is a good take. Um, actually, so us going through that now, that kind of makes a little bit more sense now um, if we are to go with the fact that Cullen has, has said, okay, travelers of time as well as night. 
um, a part of a part of Conchu's thing. Um, okay, I'm going to throw things a few things at you guys, and these these are some of my findings. Then, um, okay, so Mark, our Mark Spectre Moon Knight, he is now in in our present. He's able to traverse these time rifts because of Conchu and Kang oppo- having some sort of opposition. Um, you know, with these with these totems, why is it Mark Spectre that is able to do this? Why aren't any of the other Moon Knights able to do this? Mark's the one that actually traverses all the time. He is one avatar, but he's only one. Like the one in Mesopotamia, the one in in the Wild West, they're all on equal footing, aren't they, to Mark Spectre as Moon Knights? I think it's just. Right place, right time. You know, this horrible future okay. seems to be where Conchu's faith is the most stronger since the, the original Egyptian days, and you know, it's this horrible future yeah. where um, everything's sort of yeah, I've uh, been messed up, and you know, it's just kind of the right. This is where Kang almost the point of singularity for Kang and the items, and that's where the rift opens up. So I think it's just. Right place, right time. I will counter that. Yeah, it's, I will counter it, it, that, Connor. Though, but in the Wild West, the uh, the Cowboy Moon Knight does also say there ain't no heroes anymore. So it seems like Kang has affected his timeline as well. So what makes that any different from our timeline, which is messed up? Less yeehaw. <laughs> I guess I read this not necessarily as separate timelines mm-hmm. which i guess again buying into uh avengers endgame where hulk has the astral projection with um ancient uh what's her name with the ancient one yeah i was trying to think uh tilda uh, swinton actor's name but with tilda swinton um that these are actually all within just one single new timeline so all of those dates that we see when Moon Knight is entering into them, even though he is technically changing that possible timeline, it's it's all the same time. It's, it's along the same thread. And so I yeah. guess, yeah, yeah. So as, as as I was reading that, as Connor mentioned, it's right place, right time. And it, this is the third page of the present timeline. So when uh, we have the opening, there's the Kang Tower. It says now. Um, and we have the introduction of Mark Spector, Moon Knight. The third page into that, Khonshu appears to Mark, but the, the penitent here, the, the priests, they can't see Khonshu, mm-hmm. but they can see Mark, and they know that Khonshu is appearing to, to Mark Spector, Moon Knight. Uh, Khonshu says to him that, I, you know, I'm struggling to maintain a foothold in this place. And so I, I agree with Connor that maybe by this point, call it 2019 or whatever mm-hmm. the year is, yeah. That's the breaking point. That's when when Kanchu has to okay. give the rest of his power or inspiration into Moon Knight to go back right. and uh, you know go through that initial time rift um, in the brick wall and then recorrect everything. I, I, yeah. So is it the most inventive story? Mm, no, but I, I guess to me, I didn't necessarily see that as a problem with Bun's writing. Yeah. I saw that just as this is how he's choosing to, you know, Mark Spector. Consider, I mean, this is the hero's journey. Yeah. In the present timeline, Mark Spector doesn't believe that Kanchu still is there. He thinks that Kanchu's abandoned them, uh, but the priests of Kanchu, the the priests of the moon, still have faith. Yes. Mark Spector doesn't want to go off on some crazy adventure, but Kanchu comes along. Here's the mentor figure. Here's the Obi Wan character. Yeah. Um, the priests call him, and then Mark Spector decides to go into 
the rift. So I mean, it's it's to me, it's classic hero's journey. It's it's hero doesn't want to leave, but he's motivated to leave, mm-hmm. and then he quests, and then there's some return at the end, even though there is the sacrifice of the Mesopotamian yeah. uh, first Moon Knight or or first Avatar in that in that female character. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm sufficiently satisfied i think with that response seriously like uh because like, like i said i did really enjoy this issue I, I was just going through this i was really trying to because time as you know like is a time traveling Fickle thing. things are, are very it can get very convoluted and and difficult um no but that actually yeah that is a good um reasoning that that this is a, a pinch point and then and on top of that as you say um these timelines are all along the same thread so that works. Happy. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, other time. Um, okay. Other little little uh, plot holes I had here. Not plot holes, but they're just. I think they're a little loose. Um, so the three totems are damaged somehow from the the crescent darts thrown at them. Now come on, that's a little. That's a little too easy isn't it i mean how how hardy are these things they're made out of metal right like like they broke it like geez i've got a i've got a blu-ray player that is a lot a lot more sturdy than that you know i can i can jiggle that around and it still works (laughs) but remember who the producer is like where where was your blu-ray player made (laughs) is it is it a sony product was it made in japan or was it made by (laughs) kang that's true kang is known (laughs) as a poor producer he, yeah. he uses terrible materials right. he basically uses plastic mm-hmm. i mean sure sure so uh ray i'm trying to find that image is it is it toward the end of the issue where uh mark specter moon knight throws a crescent dart into one of the artifacts oh no it's at the beginning it's uh the conchi priest um oh that's right yeah in the temple yeah and it's behind kang's back so he, he throws it you know um quite covertly and uh, it hits them, and apparently that changes it because he can't do what he he can. Okay. He gets Shath of Krakow. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool, cool. Anyway, I just wanted. To well, maybe that. maybe there is it, that's the weak point. Who knows? Maybe uh, the crescent dart that was thrown by the priest of Kanchu there. Kanchu channeled his energy into the priest <laughs> and directed that crescent dart and it hit the one weak point. It it, yeah. it hit the motherboard of, of the I Ankh. mean can I just um, say that the Ankh is made of gold, yeah. it's extremely soft. I mean you can literally okay. hammer sure. gold thin enough that you can see through it. So okay. there's that and like in the past you know, Mark Spector's been able to throw his, you know, crescent darts with the finesse to cut a bullet in half. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, adamantium, though. I mean, well, these could be some sort of vibranium or adamantium thing. We, we don't know. Look, I'm, we're getting into it too much, I guess. I'm, I'm, I apologise for it. Um, okay, voicings, though, guys. What did you think of the voicings in general? Did you like the way that um, Kang, Conchu, and Moon Knight basically were voiced. Um, Chad, uh, Moon Knight just kind of felt well. Mark Spector, Moon Knight, uh, he felt mm-hmm. kind of empty. <laughs> just, 
didn't really have any character added to him, and that's just my opinion. But I mean, I totally agree with that. Actually, yeah, he was just an empty cow. Yeah, he was. He was. Did you find any of you guys find that a little bit? Um, were you irked by that, Connor? Or um, you know, in a longer story, I think. We could have had more, and I think uh, Kang as well. You know, Kang can be a really fun, over-the-top character mm. when you have the time to give him a full arc. Um, I think I've always liked the idea that Moon Knight is as much a personality mm. as Mark or Steven or um, Jake. So I think, you know, f- for an annual, you, you can't really, you've got to keep things moving. I, I, I think okay. it works. Okay, and how about you, Tommy? Um a solid voice. Yeah, I agree that that for this issue, like if this were part of a longer run, I think I'd be disappointed because there's there's no development. You'd of be this bored. Character. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's it's just Moon Knight. He's fighting some people. Uh, he's fighting Kang. He's fighting Kang's followers. He's throwing some crescent darts. And Looney's. Let me admit, I love that. I love, <laughs> just love some good action. <laughs> I want to see Moon Knight do some beat 'em up because you know after the Bemis run, that was a cer- very cerebral digging into Moon Knight's mind Mm -hmm. and after the Lemire run, it's been quite a while since we've just seen some good action um, uh, from our favorite character. But I think that for the annual, I was not bothered by that. I did not walk into an annual thinking that this is going to lead to something else. Uh, There's going to be some change in the character and you have to buy this and have to read this. Um, So I, I really enjoyed it. There was, there was good action uh, even though there wasn't much development of character, there's there's the doubt at first, and again coming back to this is the the hero that doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. his time. He doesn't believe that Kanchu's still there, mm-hmm. uh, but then Kanchu appears yeah. and tells him, "No, you got to go do this for me." And he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll help you." And he restores a balance. Uh, to the galaxy, I guess, or to the universe. Yeah. So that it it really didn't bother me, but I absolutely agree that it it as as Chad said, Chad, I think you you phrased it really well. With he's just an empty cowl, mm. you know. This could be any masked character. This could be mm. any caped character or any cowled character, um, to a degree, yeah. you know. Yeah. But but it it didn't bother me. Okay. I, I would I I recommend that we buy or Looney's buy this issue. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just the. I think that, yeah, Mark does take a back seat more in this story, more than anything. I think Kang and Conchu are probably the the prime movers and shakers here. Um, and Mark and the other Moon Knights are, are pretty much, well, Mark is a muscle. Um, so I guess that's why he doesn't get too much of a real kind of fleshing out of his voicing. Sorry, sorry, Connor. That's a good, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. But I, I, there were actually, um, there were points I really... I really liked what I was. I went into this expecting the empty cow, which I think is maybe the biggest help with my liking of this issue mm-hmm. um, compared to some of you, uh, some of what you guys said, which just how it went, I guess. But I think there was quite a few touches. I think um, there are a few uh, nice moments where uh, Conchu uh, Mark challenges Conchu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one point where he says, uh, but it seems you've got plenty of lambs to send to yeah, the slaughter. True. And he questions the the suffering of the Mesopotamian woman who will be without time, without, you know, a, a, a life, basically. And I think in this new era of Conchu and Mooney we're heading into, I think those are some nice seeds from Bun that I hope will flow on. So, mm. 
Well, Maynard, Maynard's um, definitely been compassionate as well. There have been those, um, those phases that he's had, no pun intended, of when he tries to, in Mark, Mark Spector Maynard, where he tries to talk criminals out of their crimes rather than beat the hell out of them. Um, remember, he turned a leaf shortly after the Scarlet Redemption. So uh, there were times when he kind of, um, I think, rediscovered his faith and and I think this is what he's this is kind of what's happening here as well. So I guess you can almost with references link it to to those times. It's happened a couple of times. I can't remember the other time, but the one that sticks out to me is after the Scarlet Redemption, where he does um, get become more compassionate. Um, he becomes uh, almost a pacifist, and he, he negotiates more than and rather than fights. Um, so here he's showing compassion to the the first Moon, uh, moon Knight from Mesopotamia talking to um to Conchu at the end uh yeah yeah um look we better um we better roll through this look uh art wise then um well actually sorry guys i wanted to go back this this question mark here i had um okay this is i was wondering what that that topic was yeah <laughs> it's just question i'd like marks. you to explain to me this there's a bit of confused writing for me from cullen bun okay so this is at the end now, Conchu's talking to, to Moon Knight. He says, You have ensured the items will be protected, ensured that Kang and the first of my knights will never exist at the same instance again. So what the hell does that mean? What a, what has happened? They've been banished to... Kang has to yeah? get a team of Thunderbolts together <laughs> to go extract those artifacts for him, <laughs> and then he will regain uh, that power. So again, Ray, going back to... Uh, that comment of like, why would Krang, or Kang Krang? Geez, why would Kang create uh, these artifacts that seem to give or be more powerful than him? And I'm just wondering if maybe these artifacts, while they appear as these ancient workings of gold, as Chad mentioned, maybe they are incorporating some of the technology that Kang has access to in his time travel. Yeah, and maybe much like our devices, our computers, our, our tablets allow us to connect to one one another across the world, mm-hmm. uh, maybe these things that he's created are simply amplifying his power or okay. they're giving yeah. him access to new dimensions of his power. And so if uh, Kanchu was able to, through this original avatar of, of the, the 4000 BC or, or, or BCE character here, um, ensure that Kang cannot ever access these artifacts because they are with her and they can never be together at the same time. Again, I didn't understand that, Mm. but I I do buy into the idea that if Kang ever wants to gain these uh, MacGuffins again, he's going to have to send somebody else to do the job for him. And that potentially is, that's a a, a plot line that that could happen later on in the comics. Yeah. Cause it, it sounded very nice, but when you do reread it, it really just doesn't make too much sense, or I can't really understand how that happens without more explanation. Um, Chad, can you elucidate for us Chad. any any idea um, how she can never be? Um, she'll never exist in the same instance as, as Kang again, because he can traverse different times, right? I mean, so they're in different realities. Well, so it sounds like then. she was trapped in a pocket universe or something like that, judging by the way that she was. Okay. Separated from everything mm. outside of time. Time is only applying to right. our dimension. Outside of our dimension, that's completely okay. different. Right, so she's outside of all of that. Okay, right. So, okay. 
So they'd have to send someone into the other dimension to go fetch those things. But it would have to be taken away from her Mm -hmm. because she exists in her own time outside of it. So she has already made contact with those totems. If they try to take them away, she's brought back out of her own time period. So she would basically be free to change everything after, but she would always have to return to that dimension. (sighs) Okay, cool. There's also the question of faith, though, right? And belief. Yes, that's a big theme, uh, for sure. I've got that in there. And that, again, is is something that comes directly out of the Bemis run. So for as as much criticism as uh, our last Moon Knight run received... Mm -hmm. The power, you know, at first it's it's explored as the power of crazy, but then by the end of the series, it really comes to a belief. And if you believe, and, and this is where, where that Cthulhu mythos comes in, where Kanshu is taking Mark and Steven and Jake on that cerebral journey, and they see that image of, uh, this is in the Max Bemis run, uh, of, of uh, a Cthulhu-like god mm-hmm. um, in the distance. It does seem to be, at least within Colin Bunn's run, that, this follower, so the Mesopotamian follower, she's the first. Um, she, uh, I think the, the the line is she has clarity of vision, mm-hmm. or she has clarity of faith, or something like that. And if that if if that is the root, if that is the origin of the faith in Kanchu, whether Kanchu appeared to her, and so that's what the point of faith, or if this character created her own faith in Kanchu, maybe she by just believing that. A, a Kanchu or a Kanchu like God exists, therefore Kanchu was created. It's it's the strength of the faithful. It's the strength of the body of the faithful that give power to Kanchu or give power to the God. Mm. And so, again, I, uh, Chad, what you just uh, discussed, I think, is like, I mean, wow, that's a really really interesting and uh, way to, to look at it. But I think at the same time. There, there's something that Bun is tying in with belief, something yep. that he's tying in with faith absolutely. that is part of that equation too. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's wild. It's wild. I mean, an average reader, ugh, I don't know if this is super uh, uh, welcoming, but at the same time as a fan of Moon Knight and the fact that it's bringing up discussion like this yep. and it's bringing up different perspectives, I think is is awesome that's that's what i love about the character i think it's succeeded in the fact that we all said on the first reading it was very enjoyable it was a nice kind of fine action-packed tale and and it is and then as you say we can actually open this discussion to a lot more and so i think cullen bunn has succeeded a lot in providing us something on face value is very enjoyable but actually something that can generate um some discussion as well so yeah so i think that's a, a very big positive for it um Okay, look, let's just jump, Tommy, because you, you touched upon it. Let's just jump, jump down to references to other runs. So you first said uh, this obviously references Max Bemis's run with the legacy. Um, so I've, I found that was, that was issue 190 where we see, you know, Moon Knight throughout the ages. This was something that new that Bemis introduced in there. Um, the second one that I had was, uh, I thought it was a little nod to the Warren Ellis run, Moon Knight, Volume 7, Issue 2, um, you know that famous saying, I'm not real. Um, so in this story, uh, someone says, some of us had started to believe that you were a myth, and then Mark responds, that's exactly what I am. So I thought that was pretty uh, a pretty badass, you know, 
um, response. Bit of a nice one-liner there, and I think that was kind of kind of like the I'm not real thing. Um, and then there's a, a last one down here as well, Tommy, on top of what you've mentioned as well about the, the faith, um, the future of Conchu. Was that your note, or whose note is that? Uh, that was mine. I just chucked it. I just think it's uh, very interesting, um, you know, with Bemis. Uh, Jesus, there goes my voice. Uh, <coughs> Bemis with the, um, the avatars of history that is uh, touched upon again. Uh, Aaron setting up this massive mummy-filled yes. uh, Moon Knight fight, um, the Con- uh, Conan God-filled series, yep. and now this annual, you know, Conchu is a force to be reckoned with now. He really is the protector of all travelers of the night. You know, he's he's someone who's now a big part of this universe, and I think uh, this kind of con- almost consolidates that uh, Mark's going to be playing quite a bigger role going forward in, in Marvel Comics, so that's... That's pretty. That's pretty dope. That ain't you know. Uh, there's about seventy thousand different direction Moon Knights has gone in, and this is the way he's going forward. You know, we'll have to see how it pans out, yeah. but it's at least one way to get him in front of people. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. So, it's um, right on. Very exciting. It, it seems to be going in in a in a different direction, but it, it all seems quite positive. And I think Bun is laying laying a few of the seeds as well as you said, Aaron as well, um, and Zub in in the, the Conan upcoming um, mini. Um, with art, then okay. So, what did everyone think of art, Chad? I'll throw it to you. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you loved it. Um, I think that was Carter. I, I th- yeah, Connor. Um, how about you, Chad? Did you like it as well? Um, oh, I'm just gonna let Chad. Was, I really liked the cover, like the original cover with uh, oh, was it Barreto uh-huh. and Tan. Like it just looks really righteous, like just yes, the throwing shadows tan, yeah. everywhere. It was very beautiful. Good, very good and, cover. Uh, as far as inside yep. the mm-hmm. comic book, it felt like a classic, like Moon Knight. Like it wasn't extremely stylized, mm-hmm. like Shelby. It wasn't like you know extremely absurdist or anything. No. It just seemed very uh, status quo. Like it was, like whoever mm-hmm. was be okay. like behind the ideals, they were going with like an actual comic yeah. book. They weren't going with strange new grounds and just yeah. I just thought it was good. Well, that's good. Yeah, so quite um, appropriate for for Moon Knight um, and his tales. Uh, Tommy as well. Did you enjoy it? I, I really did. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a lot of interesting design of panels, you know, mostly straight lines on the, the borders of the panels, mm-hmm. but um, some some good bleeds uh, where Moon Knight's uh, uh, shape, especially early on in those first few pages where we have uh, that priest of Khonshu or the head priest of Khonshu. I know there's a panel where he kind of bleeds out of there and Khonshu is made to be or made to seem larger than reality. I thought the style of um all the the moon knights through history was really interesting mm-hmm. you know silver gulch yeah, I loved them. Yeah. Uh, in in the 19th century uh, i love the world war ii uh, <laughs> kind of commando yeah uh, the design was really great there kang i I've, I've never really liked kang as a character mm-hmm. um i just and i think i just need to read more of uh maybe a lot of those avengers comics from back in the day but I thought that, and I think Chad, this comes back to a mention that, or a comment that you made about the cover, just how, how shadows are used, mm-hmm. and it, it just looks awesome. It, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's a, 
it, it's a killer cover. But a, even though um, the the two cover artists and I can't really tell who is responsible for what, but Tan and Barreto, same thing with Mustafa and Horak as the artist of the issue. Yeah. They seem to, to, to take almost take a lead from the cover or maybe the cover took a lead from their own art within the issue, which is makes more sense, but just on the use of uh, like cross hatching for shadows. um, And it, it, it added a a type of darkness uh, to the issue. So even though it is kind of a poppy uh, hero's journey adventure story, um, there, there does seem to be that little bit of darkness that always adds or uh, something interesting to Moon Knight's character. You know, he is not, captain uh america he's not captain marvel there's there's always something lurking in the shadows and i really feel that the 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 art design and chad again as you mentioned the shadows uh brings that about in the issue yeah yeah look um i think it was great i thought actually the the cover was the same as the um the artist in the inside um mustafa but yeah it's exactly as you say there was a very there was a consistency there chad um sorry tommy uh I'm going to be a little bit pessimistic. Um, I thought the hero shots were fantastic. Uh, for the most part of it, 90, 90%, maybe 80% of the of the um, the art was really good. I felt a few of the panels did seem a little rushed, a little too stylized, um, almost. Uh, and so I guess we were treated with a lot of the... Um, a lot of the night, like so, there's that spread where I mean, if you look at any of the hero shots, there's a spread where um, Kang is fighting the the cowboy Moon Knight. Absolutely brilliant. Um, for the most part, Kang looks, I think, awesome in in this whole issue. Uh, but then again, you look at um, I was looking at the the sec- first panel of the the second page with the Kang sympathizers running up. Uh, to me, it looked like a totally different artist. I know it probably isn't, but um, it just had a different vibe to it, um, and I'm not a fan of that kind of art. Um, I know Mustafa's doing it all, uh, but his hero shots um, of Moon Knight on a whole Moon Knight himself was fantastic. Um, I think he looks really cool. Well, the, the, the artists are listed as uh, Ibrahim Mustafa and Matt Horak. Does, any, yeah. does anybody know why those are split? Like, who who is responsible good, for what? Good question. I don't know. Um, they could have split it because I'm wondering if that is a different artist. And then there are other shots where um, like you get massive detail on Moon Knight and Khonshu and Kang in some shots, and then you get really bare details on, say, 1920s Moon Knight. Um you know, when they all come together. Uh, some of the panels, I, I don't know, they just, it just felt a little underdone to me, um, and I wonder whether that was a rush or whether whether it is someone else doing it, Tommy. So uh, there were a few inconsistencies. On a whole, though, the colouring I loved. I mean, you're always going to get good colours with, with Kang, blue, purples, greens. you got a lot of these lightning bolts and time rifts and stuff, so it, it is quite um, dynamic, um, and it's, yeah, surprising because Moon Knight, obviously predominantly white um but yeah no no uh yeah those last few pages too where the each of the artifacts takes on like the green yes. color yeah that's the cool purple color the blue color that that mixture of color there was uh yeah. was beautiful just sparingly and used it, it was stretched out over a couple pages yeah. too it wasn't just one panel yeah sparingly used so you get this really nice visual like color assault towards the end and that's what you want because these three totems are coming together um yeah, okay, excellent. Uh, and everyone enjoyed the... How did everyone enjoy Moon Knight's costume? 
It's it's uh, obviously the the classic white one, all white. I mean, we've seen so many different costumes of Moon Knight recently. That's actually more closer to the the Bemis one, right? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I've always been a bigger, uh, bigger. Uh, uh, vocal supporter of uh, the uh, Burroughs suit, yes. and this one kind of follows on quite nicely. Yeah, it's very much the Burroughs. Yeah, very much a Burroughs suit. Um, Chad, like it? Uh, last week in, in Punisher 15, though, Massive given he had some pads. shoulder pads, if you recall. <laughs> um, it, 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 too, was... Yeah, yeah. But uh, still all white, but but there seemed to be more angles. So with the, the Bemis suit, it seemed to be more... F- flowing and 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 more smooth and i think that that really just comes out of the art design yeah. um from that series but but again with the all-white suit here everything like the the, the peak of the cowl yeah. almost looks like a crescent blade and that was reflected in last week's punisher 15 as well so yeah. maybe this is the 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 razor uh sharp edge look that is going to continue uh for the next few comics and into the tv show who knows <laughs> Um, okay, finally, and then look, we'll wrap this up with characterization. We've still got like a heap of feedback to go through, guys. Um, so uh, <laughs> we've got characterizations here. So with Moon Knight, I thought, okay, hardly any talk of his identities. There's one line that he gives, um, I'm too conflicted. He gives up the totems to the Mrs. Potamian Moon Knight because he knows he's not able to hold those three totems I'm assuming because he's got this conflict of identities in him. That's the only allusion towards his identities that we get. Um, how did you guys feel about this lack of acknowledging identities in Moon Knight? Yeah, no, I, uh, I, yeah, I just said this before. You know, it, it's understandable that they're not there. Yep. Just, you know, I'd, I'd love for a longer story. I think it'd be really interesting to see how everyone else struggled with facing this, but. You know, Moon Knight. I, you know, I always liked Moon Knight as a personality, so... Yep. Okay, cool. Chad, I felt that, um, that was yourself? a very Mark thing to do. Like, acknowledging the fact that he was too conflicted, that he's essentially, you know, <laughs> borrowing terms. He wasn't worthy to be able to make such a choice. So he just mm-hmm. took the, you know, logical way out and just said, nah, screw it. Give it to the person that basically knows what the hell to do with it. The mother of the cult. Yeah, exactly. It's a very smart thing, really, to do. Um, yeah, and no, I, I... Ooh, Chad, the mother of the cult. Mother of the cult. I like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, I, I I really like the costume as well. Nothing much more to say there. Tommy, did you... Yeah, you enjoyed it as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. And and again, as I was just trying to show in, in our broadcast here, if anybody is watching, but I just read this is an annual. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is a one-shot yeah. for the most Absolutely. part. Maybe it will remain in the 616 continuity. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is in the 616 continuity. Um, so I, again, saw it more as... If I had a friend that I, I wanted to get into Moon Knight and they really they just were going to buy one issue or I was going to give them one issue, I might just say, hey, look at this one. You don't have to know about the depth of the character. It's a great action comic. There's a, a, a good uh, story that's closed at the end. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about it after, then we can talk about all those great uh, things of, of Moon Knight that I love. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, um, I think it's time, guys, that we should give this a rating. Okay, so um, 
I'm going to start just... Oh, and actually, also, just a little announcement to anyone who is actually tuned into this broadcast. Um, we are clocking up almost to two hours. I just got a message that um, we the recording will stop for the broadcast, but we'll continue. So don't worry, guys. I mean, we're all recording. Listeners or people tuning in now, you can hear it all over again in a podcast, so, <laughs> and you can hear the last bits. Uh, but anyway, let's go to the moon rating system here. Um, I'll start Connor. Connor Shu, out of um, out of ten, have you got your special rating system there? Why don't we just use that? What would you give it? Oh Jesus, I do. Okay, <laughs> um, thanks to um, <laughs> thanks to Chad for that backup. It is special. Um, no, I really like this. I um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I definitely get uh, some of the nitpicks you have with some of the things, but I think this was just a solid idea. Uh, done really well, done really simply. Um, obviously, different avatars, different time is always just a good time. I love Cowboy Man. I love Mesopotamian woman. She has those sick bone yeah, claws. What cool. a mask! Yeah. Um, Scary. I really, I really like the art. Um, I think you know I've always been a fan of more stylized. So, I th- but I really fell in love with the line work and the rigid, solid paneling for this uh, time-based story. And, yeah, you know, like Tommy said, I think this really is just something fun to give to someone who possibly isn't familiar with Mark. It just, it's just a, a good, solid uh, action comic, and I think I mentioned before there's some bite there that I hope continues on later on. So, all rounds, I uh, was a big fan of this. I'd give it an 8 out of 10, just a big, beautiful yellow man, just a high up there in the sky shining upon me bright. Big, beautiful yellow man, 8 out of 10. Uh, let me just clock that in i've got to do that for the records uh tommy how about yourself what would you give this moon Knight annual number one yeah i I would agree with connor as an annual as uh a great introduction to to a character uh that that might hook you to learn more about the character Mm -hmm. uh, and read more of the character's history i'd also go with an eight good waxing gibbous um Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I know that I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I, <believe laughs> I have to. Uh, I, I, I again just have to try to separate myself as an, uh, a fan of Moon Knight, and and really just think of it. If I were to want to find uh, a comic to read on a car ride uh, for two hours or something like that, I'd want something that would be fun to read. I would want something that is full of action. Mm-hmm. I'd want maybe a little bit of. Uh, uh, a larger universe hidden behind the panels. Mm-hmm. And I think that Colin Bunn did a really great job. I think Mustafa and, and Horak and, and the cover artists too, they did a really great job of packing in uh, a, a fairly tight issue that it really is, is just fun to read. Yep. And it's, it's again, a one shot. So at, at, considering that I'd give it an eight out of 10 mm-hmm. or a big, beautiful yellow moon. Moon, oh, sorry, there not man. Go. Is it a man or moon, Connor? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, it's a man. Man, <laughs> Chad, how about yourself? What would you give this? Did this um, tickle your tonsils? It was absolutely terrible. I'm ditching this entire podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no uh, I honestly really liked it. I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't see an actual like big enough fault to drop it anywhere, even close to no. a seven. So, yeah, I'm just going to land on that waxing gibbous. Yeah. Just eight shattered totems out of ten. Eight shattered totems. Okay. No <laughs> worries. Um, 
Wow, all round. Okay, that's great. I really, yeah, look, I really enjoyed it as well. It's so much fun. It was a great read. Um, it's only once, you know, we're going to do a review that I thought, okay, let, let's have a look at this. Um, a few things don't, well, they they need a bit more explaining, but upon more discussion, as we've said, um, things do can make sense, potentially. Um, I'm going to give it only, I'm going to give it something different, only because I want to know what Connor's um, description is. So seven and a half, Connor. What is that? Uh, that's just a solid round boy. Excellent. So I'm giving it a solid round boy, as Connor would uh, would describe it. So there you go, loonies. I've mucked up the average system. So it's uh, it's not eight. It's just a little under. Um, so eight, eight, eight from Connor, Tommy, Chad. I've given it a a solid. What was it? Solid moon boy. Solid round boy. Solid. So that's a seven point seven five out of solid ten. Solid round boy. There you go, loonies. Um, I hope you enjoyed our rather, you know, lengthy discussion of it. I, I think it warranted it as well. Um, it, it, it's, you know, far and few between that we actually get a, a current Moon Knight issue. So uh, what better chance to, to talk and open up the forum with this one? So, yeah, well, all all, all good. Well done, Colin Bunn and, and Mustafa, uh, Ibrahim Mustafa on a good job. Um Tommy's just temporarily gone away. Uh, let's just uh, go to a quick break, Loonies. We've got one more leg of this episode to come. We've got a, a few Mooney missives that we'd like to go through. So uh, we'll catch you at the end of a couple of these messages. See you soon. He back. Hey there. I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider-Man. The Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a... Arrowverse uh, current hits or our summer specials where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Hey there, everyone. I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTV on any social media outlet. Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. We are on our final round for this episode, and we're going to some listener feedback, some Mooney missives. So we got a heap of these. Everyone loves their Moon Knight issues. Uh, so what what do you say, guys? Why don't we take um, why don't we take a bundle each? Uh, we'll just go through it. We'll alternate, right? Well, Chad, why don't we start with you? You've uh, you've left something in there as well. I'd uh, love to read yours out first, uh, and then we'll just go, what, Chad, Tommy, Connor? How's that? And then myself. Sounds good. Good. Alrighty. 
So uh, kick us off, Chad. So this is what I had left in the Facebook group under the discussion thread. Um, I love seeing the evolution of the night throughout floundered timelines. I also admire stories in time travel that make sure to seal up any paradoxes. I am not a fan of that inconsistency. Leaving the mother of the cult as a safeguard against Kang is a great move, and her design is exactly what I'd expect of an avatar of vengeance and snickting. I pay hard cash to read some more what-ifs about the Moon Militia. The story was solid, and the ride was fun, and we got to explore some higher ground. Paradox shut, case closed. No face ripping, but there were plenty of amusing moments where Kang is clanged, or Mark oofs this way <laughs> through timey-wimey funscapes. Ibrahim does great job at capturing the feeling of time displacement and the absurdity of the situation Mark gets to deal with each time. Tan and Barreto's cover is also pretty fantastic as well. 8 out of 10. Excellent. Consistent, Chad. Consistent. Um, the next one there, Tommy. Uh, Kyle Schaefer, it was pretty good. I don't think Bun is a good comic writer. Whoa. However, this worked for me. <laughs> it's a fun one-shot where he lets the ideas and art do a lot of the heavy lifting. The dialogue isn't anything too special. What he does make work, though, is the Kang angle concepts and Moon Knight's maybe crazy obsession to protecting people. It's a fun ride, trying to keep this spoiler free, but would recommend if you want to see some new goofy twists on our boy Cool, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, great. Um, sharing our sentiments thereabouts. Uh, Connor, got a short one here for you. Yeah, Terence Robinson says, Man, I'd love to see the other character in the future. Some cool concepts. Bloody earth. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Terence. Yeah, for sure. Um, there are a, f- a lot of new characters introduced through just this you know this uh, one shot uh we get some in- information we get we get some feedback here from Noel <coughs> Looney Tunes Tate he says days of future conchu or age of kang or into the mooniverse uh, overall uh, quite enjoyed the one off i always like when writers wrap a little of the egyptian artifacts into a moonite story makes for a fun macguffin and reason to have kang in the book in the first place of which i was curious how they would include kang now that i think of it I should have made the easy connection between Ramatut, Kang's first appearance, and Khonshu. They're very true. Cheers to Bun connecting these dots. Ah, so he's connected to the West Coast Avengers. Um, well done there, Noel. Uh, the art was good to so-so for me. General good designs on all the Mooney variations, new characters, and Kang looked great, but some of uh, foreshortening dynamics and anatomy looked a little off. Good colouring for modern comics, though some of the blurring effects and other modern tropes seemed rushed and too computer-generated. I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Um, so that's another solid round boy. Uh, Noel, uh, good one-off and one of the better acts of evil stories I'm told. It makes me long for whatever is going to happen with Moon Knight in December. And uh, as we all know, which seems very consistent as well, there's going to be, um, I mean, this Conan-Serpent War thing I mean, it could fit in well with how Moon Knight has been portrayed here. So, um, yeah. So, thanks, Noel. Thanks for that. Bartley Chambers. This is the first comic mm-hmm. I've ever pre-ordered. Was not disappointed. 
I miss Jake and Steven. I love the multiple personality aspect of Moon Knight. However, I felt like this was a fun one-off. I love seeing the Moon Knights throughout time. 10 out of 10. Would not mind Good stuff, any Brandon. of them reappear, uh, reappearing in some form or another. So that's a big fuck off moon, according to uh, Connor's. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah! I wasn't sure if we were going to get one of those. All right, Brandon, mm. you've gone for gold. Jeez, my gosh! Well done. No, always good to see. Always good to hear. Um, Tommy, why don't you take the next couple? Because they're from yeah. the same dude. Yeah, so Billy Brooks, he's uh, a new conversation starter in uh, the ITK Facebook group. So, Billy, glad you're with us, and, and thank you for keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Brooks, Brooks writes, I want Moon Knight 2099 and Moon Knight 2134 <laughs> fighting together. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It looked like there was some like a mech suit yeah. there or something. Uh, very cool. And then Billy had a follow-up comment. Uh, this annual proves to me that Bemis' run missed a lot of opportunities. Uh, there's a lot of random lines like, are we in drugs, Jake, that could bring a very good story. Uh, I'm guessing it's, are we on drugs, yeah. Jake, uh, that could bring a very good story. But stop to keep just a funny book. Okay. So, Interesting. Right. Um, As you noted... Something to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, as you notice as well, noted, Tommy, um, there are a lot of Bemis uh, influences in this one, right? So, um, yeah, so... He's gone gone well. Uh, thanks, Billy. Um, Connor? Uh, this next one is from Josh... Geronimo! Johnson, he pops in with... Seems like Bun expanded on the idea Bemis threw out there in issue 190. Uh, that Conchu has had multiple avatars over the course of history, which totally makes sense. Uh, why would an Egyptian god wait till 1975, or whenever now a sliding mm-hmm. timescale, to have an avatar on Earth? All the different incarnations had really cool designs. Too bad we couldn't see a bit more of them, at least the ones through the montage. The story isn't super original. feels like every other time travel story. But it's a fun one-shot, and it's the and it's the only Moon Knight we can get right now, so I'd take it. I'd rate it a lower waxing gibbous 8 out of 10. That is somewhat yellow, beautiful mare. Is it the, the solid round boy or something? Solid round uh, boy. Well done. Solid. Oh, oh, man. Oh, sorry, that was... Yeah, sorry. Solid round boy. <laughs> uh, thank oh, you. Connor, she I made block. this like 8 in the morning. It's, it's, there's no faults. <laughs> Don't at me. DMs are closed. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Josh. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, very similar to the three other loonies here. Oh, there's a furry loony I see there, Tommy. Anyway, um, you won't get that unless you get the visuals. Uh, next one, we have James Young here, and he says, Very much enjoyed this. Bun's return was a most welcome one, and the art was tops. Favorite version of Moon Knight throughout history, late 1800s. Mooney, he closely resembles Gentleman Ghost from the pages of the Distinguished Competitions comics. Always had a soft spot for the character. Well done on this one, Marvel. Well, James, you sound like another... Happy customer, happy Mooney, happy Looney. Well done. Um, fantastic. And this one's from Gabby Sorcella. I enjoyed this one-off, actually. The art and colors were nice, and the designs of the Moon Knights were great. 1800's Gentleman Moon Knight was especially great. <laughs> Mark felt like Mark. Not too quippy, but still with some wit. And his heroism in the end... And it looks like a True. crying face. Mm. 
and Kanchu was pretty good too. Oh yeah. I don't know what else to say except I'm excited for December. Seven point five out of ten. So solid, solid round boy. Solid, solid round boy for that. Thank you, Gabby. I think AKA Danielle. Yeah. Uh thank you. Thank you for that. Uh Tommy, another short one. Yeah, Ryan Galfetti. Ryan Galfetti uh, just posted a brief comment. So many new cosplay ideas. So for sure. I think there's a, a lot of great fun that can come out of this oh, issue absolutely. for um, some, some cosplaying, whether that's for Halloween coming up here yeah. or, or maybe even just going to a convention and have, having fun with some friends. Moon Knight's got to have one of the most kind of highly appreciated costumes. I mean, even Arachnite, I'm thinking as well. Everyone loves that as well. Uh, and Moon Knight's costume just in general. So, yeah, we're very spoilt with, with costumes. Uh, Connor Shu, we have one from my good friend here. Jordan Hegarty drops in with a Love's Conchu in this one. Uh, the wraparound variant looks better in person, not Prisoners when I first read it, but I went with the original cover. Solid choice, and I also like Conchu. Nice abs, yeah. nice nips. It's, it's, a, it's a nice cape, it's a good <laughs> look. Good stuff. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Always, always good to hear from you. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab this long one here. I've got uh, one from Peter Caracas the third, and he said, "I liked it. Well done, Peter. Well done. Um, fantastic. Short and to the point." Uh, and finally, Chad, we've got one from Twitter. So on Twitter's front, we just have one from Nick Rockcamp, and it says, uh, "Loved the Egypt connection." Now I want a story where Kanchu interacts with Apocalypse. Oh yeah. That would On be that note, is there a chance that we would also yes. see, you know, the Thor Apocalypse fight at the same time? Oh. What? Uh so <laughs> that a thing that happened? Yeah, that's like the reason why Thor has the enchanted axe was to go kick the teeth in on Apocalypse. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that, how they kind of cross paths. Because uh, they don't usually, you know, mutants are usually by themselves, aren't they? Or segregated in the comics. Um, cool. Well, yeah. yeah. Love, love to see that happen. Um, yeah, well, uh, thank you all loonies for that that was fantastic um nothing from instagram we got actually a whole a whole discussion on discord um so i'm not going to go through that here uh, there was a lot of buzz generated uh and a discussion had over a, a discord server so yeah good to see things are all lively across the board well that's it uh guys thank you so much for for taking your, your time this has been a, a mammoth this turned into a mammoth episode but I appreciate uh, Chad. It's still what about what six o'clock now? Seven thirty. Seven o'clock. Seven thirty in the morning. Ah, oh, gosh, eh? Tommy, you okay? Yeah, yeah. I I made it. I have to admit, my my Tottenham uh, Hotspur uh, team. They started about thirty minutes Ooh. ago, so I've been watching that in the background. I hope that didn't no. deviate. But we're good. We're we're already up three uh, zero against Crystal oh, nice. Palace. Oh. So and you know I got my Moon Knight comics here. Yeah. I'm I am living my best life. <laughs> Just need to put a little flutter on that as well, and then that would have tipped it all off. That's awesome. Um, excellent. Thank you once again, yeah, Connishu as well. Before we go, though, we've got to wrap up this show. We sure do. What have we got for Nick? Next mm-hmm. week, it is an Isla Ross session with one of those winning gibbuses. 
Um, that is guess not Eric, but Derek O'Neill from TV Podcast <laughs> Industries. They are they're off in the world covering a lot more uh, comic book TV, and I hear it is a big one for sitting down with Derek and yes. going through all his wonderful influ- influences of a of a a well cultured, I'll say, comic fan. Yes. Uh, these these are top blokes. Um, so yeah, we've had Chris on on the show. We've had actually all of them, John and Derek as well. But it's the first time I actually get to actively speak to Derek. So it, it was a hoot. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's dropped next week. Uh, Loonies, as always, you can contact us. Please do. We just love to hear from you. We'll always um, respond. And you know, um, we just want this to be one kind of really interactive and and fun community. Uh, we're on email at itkmoonight at gmail dot com. We have a website into the night podcast dot wordpress dot com. There's actually another website as well. It's uh, into the night dot libsyn.com as well that provides all our episodes and our newsletters uh we're on facebook we have a page facebook.com slash itk and our group which has exploded is on facebook.com slash groups slash itk now a little bit of housekeeping here um for any loonies anyone listening to this who wants to join it would be really cool if you just tick that box just to um just to say that you've read our, our little guidelines um, and then we'll be able to um, accept you into it. It's a closed group. Look, it's not that um, it's not that hard. Uh, you know, there's just five little guidelines that we've got there. If you can tick that box, um, happy days. Uh, we'll see you in the group. Uh, also, we're on Twitter handle at ITK Moon Knight, and we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, we're uh, with iTunes ratings as well. If you could leave a review or rate us, that would be really cool. Um, it would help us get out there a bit more, people to find um, out about our show. Uh, so leave us, if you can, a five-star. If not, um, give us your honest opinion and let us know how we can improve the show. Uh, finally, we're on all good podcast catches, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, the whole kit and caboodle. So uh, if you're li- listening to us now, um, if you're watching us on Get Vocal, we're on that as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, excellent. Um, thank you, one and all. And um, we're going to round off this show, Tommy, with a little, a little ditty. Yeah. So um, again, uh, Looney Noel Tate and his band Deleter uh, out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, again, just thank you to Noel. Thank you to to Deleter for uh, graciously. Uh, donating their music and and their their creative design to ITK, it it, it really makes this podcast that Ray and Connor produce um, something special and 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 quite professional too. So here is uh, the single off of Deleter's new uh, uh, album that is on Bandcamp right now. You can go to deleter.bandcamp.com to support them, and this is Box.
Loonies, we look forward to uh, meeting you again on the ITK podcast. But until then, may Kanchu watch over the denizens of the night. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.